But uh, I've been playing Magic the Gathering for like the past like two hours, and so I was really prepared, and then I've just been fucking goofing off all day. Now at this point, I love that there's literally like a straight up party going on. We got a dog on the table. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't know. So we had a we had a, a cookout, and I thought they were gonna be gone by now. But we've been playing Magic all day, and they were like, "Well, I'm just gonna be your audience." And I was informing them that my TV's gonna be muted, so they're not gonna hear. 66% of the conversation, they're only going to hear me talking and then you guys emoting, and that's yeah. it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, well, yeah. I, guess the, I guess that's fine. <laughs> so occasionally, occasionally you're going to hear people talking through my headset. That's this fine. Is, this is kind of cool. No, I, I kind of like this. I enjoy this. This is probably the most... Uh, third live. Yeah, it's, it's like the most anybody's ever probably even paid attention to anything I ever had to say. <laughs> <laughs> At once. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I don't even know what I'm going to try and talk about. All right. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener. This game is the criminal of the of co-op. Something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. How's it going, man? We got ourselves a guest for this one. It's actually in our little co-op community, or co-op, our podcasting community. <laughs> this guy is infamous for really disliking the game we're going to be talking about today. And so everyone I asked to be – I didn't ask, like, everyone. I just kind of threw it out there. And they were like, hey, twice I got, hey, you should probably get Keith from Main Quest. This is going to be – and uh, so it is Keith from the Main Quest podcast. Uh, how are you doing, Keith? I'm good. Infamous infamous yes. for not liking this game i feel like i'm in the crowd of the majority of people who don't like this game <laughs> well i meant i meant amongst our little our little uh podcasting community because i don't think anyone thinks about this game first off the i think one of our first uh twitter interactions was you saying that resident evil 6 was bad and i was like i think it's fun and you're like hmm i don't know about you and then or something i can't remember what it was but we'll, we'll get but into yeah, it we'll get into that. it yeah all right so keith uh, we have a special question we ask all our first-time guests, and it's about a notable co-op memory or experience from your past. So do you have a notable co-op memory? That is a good question, considering I don't normally ever play co-op or multiplayer games. You're not the first person to say that, honestly. You've gotten that answer before. And yeah, that is valid. Like, I'm going to have to dig deep into my childhood. <laughs> We're going to get really emotional suddenly. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, I'm going to need you to take a, a pen and notebook out, take some notes here, because <laughs> I'm going to All right, let me kick all of my up. friends off of the couch, and I'll I'll uh, lay you down there. <laughs> I, I'll sit yeah, by, your head, you. by your head. Okay, good. <laughs> well, didn't you talk about playing a lot of games with your brother growing up in your show? Yeah, but my brother's much older than I am, and so it, I had, uh, I guess what you would call little brother syndrome, where I would constantly be kicked, getting kicked out of the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it wasn't that kind of uh, co-op experience, uh, so to speak. I guess um, eh, here's a more recent memory, actually. Uh, my brother and I used to have a show that was an offshoot of his YouTube channel, which is now, it's called Lacerda Gaming. We named the show Licensed to Drink because we would just get shit-faced and play racing games. And there's just a lot of really good times just getting together, recording, and just playing all of these racing games that I normally would never ever play so we played like there's like a spongebob racer there was this like really <laughs> oh <laughs> i don't in my head for some reason i thought you're gonna be like gran turismo we play yeah, project we Gotham play race yeah like, we did play gran turismo i didn't know you're gonna um, go straight to kart racers which yeah comes up a lot on this the SpongeBob show, one too. i'm like this is all right this is a great start 
Yeah, SpongeBob. We played some like Garfield Kart. I don't think we played that one. Uh, we found like um, out of the entire experience, we found out that the NASCAR Heat Series is a lot of fun. Halfway between Forza, but it's not like open world or anything like that. Uh, you're still very yeah. much just racing on generic race car tracks. I guess it's somewhere between like the arcadiness of Forza and a little bit more of the uh, more traditional like Gran Turismo style. The physics on those cars are not very realistic. Uh, so it <laughs> it brings up a lot of interesting situations uh, if you dare to just crash into anything. So those games are a lot of fun, but we played a lot of shit, but we've also played a lot of really good racing games on there. So uh, that's a pretty recent co-op experience, I would say. I don't know why, but you just like unlocked a memory of a video game that I've been slow. I've been like in the periphery, just searching for slowly. I remember a video game on, I think it was on the PlayStation two. It might've been a PS one game. I was playing on the PS two, but like it was a car game. And the only thing I remember about this car game is that you could put an advertisement on your car and then when you drive, you make money. But I don't remember anything else. And I hmm. might have, like, made this up when I was a kid. Like, I have no idea what that is. But I'm hopefully maybe one of the three people who listen to this podcast will know what I'm fucking talking about. And just be like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's Lego car great car racing game. I don't know what the fuck it's going to be. I was but... thinking about Flat Out. Like, Flat Out? Flat Out? Yeah, flat like, Out's you can, the, like, the game car... where you fly out of the windshields right yeah but i mean it was all about destructible cars and you could level up your car as you went because your car was always trash at the beginning yeah. and i feel like this like, was an open world game monsters mm. is flat out an open world game no 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 it's definitely courses it's a ps2 yeah I'm, it was definitely on, i was playing it on the ps2 i don't know if it was a ps1 game or something but i remember it did it wasn't like realistic graphics it was like kind of goofy ass looking i don't remember hmm. yeah i'm not oh well too crazy we, familiar with a lot of racing games we would just throw darts at a board and be like all right we're playing this sonic kart racer doesn't make sense why sonic is in a car but whatever <laughs> he's got to handicap himself Wait, which sonic are you talking about uh was it like sonic racing r or there's also sonic racing transformed and transformed yeah, there seems to be a couple <laughs> uh yeah. yeah there's there's quite a few i don't remember off the top of my head we we were drunk when we were playing these, so you're uh you got a new logo. Your logo used to look different the for the main quest podcast. And it's I wanted to tell you this, but I was like, Okay, I think I'm gonna have on the podcast. I'll fucking confront him with it. But not confront, but it looks just uh -oh. like someone's fucking pissed off outside my apartment it looks like there's a music video called waffle house by this this edm group called snails and botneck and it's like the same font almost except they look it looks like a lot more gross and like the whole like music video is what is it you know like in ren and stimpy where like something really gross would happen and then like it would zoom in mm. on like the really gross thing that's exactly like the kind of art that's going on in the music video I kind of wanted the new logo to fit the era of video games that i'm going to be talking about if your listeners don't know i host the main quest podcast not to be confused with list off podcast to get that a lot where I'm essentially chronologically going through my catalog of childhood games. And I started in the 80s, and my old logo was very 80s. And I liked the typography of my previous logo, and so I wanted to carry that over still, but not have it be as... 80s with like the lasers and like the weird like triangles and stuff like that so actually i was kind of going for like more of extreme gross out 
very loud logos of the 90s and stuff like that um i was thinking more like, of like nickelodeon stuff yeah like nickelodeon like beavis and butthead uh red and stippy stuff like that uh rocco's modern life but i wanted to keep the typography i've never heard of this i'm not big into edm or anything like that but yeah i don't know so i don't know what other than the waffle house that i go to eat for brunch every once in a while i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah no one ever every single time i start talking about music no one ever knows what the hell i'm saying like everyone just ignores me and then just carries on but it was yeah, like so- the, it's like it's fine because the only lyrics in the whole song are waffle house and mm, sounds good and that's and then it's just fucking no- space noises the whole song it's not important yeah i just so i just was like well instead of having the typography be so like abrasively 80s i want to kind of like melt it down and make it look a little gross uh for lack of a better term i guess but all right well it looks good we are a gaming podcast so let's talk about some games hey what have you been playing um so last week i was talking about halo infinite that i was going to go and get all the skulls so i got all the skulls and i decided that since i was such a badass Went through and beat Elden Ring. Got all the achievements. I was such a hardcore motherfucker. I'm going to go through Halo Infinite on Lasso. Legendary, all skulls on. Legendary hardest difficulty. The skulls make the game harder, except one of them, which makes the game bearable. But that's whatever, dude. I ended up beating the entire campaign in under eight hours. I think I beat it in like five hours. It was excruciating. It was terrible. I think my life expectancy just went down like seven or eight years from all the stress and frustration I was feeling. Uh, Philip had to endure it. Uh, It sucked. He hates it when I'm super angry like that. But it's like, you know, it's whatever. I finished it. It's done. I'm not even happy that I finished it. I'm just happy it's over. It's one of those experiences. I kind of respect Halo Infinite a little bit less. It's not its fault. It's just that Lasso's not fun. Then don't I don't recommend doing it to anyone. Oh, congrats, Nave. You did it. You're a champ. A pog gamer. Yep. I got to take a picture with my phone because I don't know how to screenshot the Xbox dashboard shit so I can look at my achievements. But it's like people know now the five people that listen. All right. Uh, and it says you have judgment here, too. Is that Gears of War? Yakuza? What are we talking it is about the, here? It's the Yakuza spinoff. Yeah. Judgment. I played probably about an hour. We had tornadoes and shit going on yesterday, so I didn't really get to... You know, I live in Oklahoma, so we get tornado warnings quite often, so it's not even a big deal. Yesterday was different because I looked outside and it looked like Doom Eternal was going on. It was like red. I was like, is there a fire? I don't I don't actually know what's going on. And so I looked on the... I don't have cable or anything, but I looked on the phone and I was like, you know, t- like tornado warning okc and it's it showed a big box and then an arrow right in the center pointing and that center went right over my fucking apartment complex and i was like hmm that's kind of interesting and so i looked out my window and there were six helicopters outside and i was like i think this might be the first tornado i'm a little nervous about like this might be coming my way now no, no tornado ever touched down but i kind of felt like I don't know, like I was about to go to fucking Oz or something. Like I was ready to go. Like this if the tornado hits my house, it's taking me to. I'm not going to try and get another fucking Series X. That was a terrible experience. Was the FBI like ready to take the tornado down? Like why were there so many helicopters? That seems counterintuitive to like, oh yeah, let's go flying in a storm. Well, they rotate the wind. Well, I think it were storm chasers. Yeah, well, what I was thinking was, because it wasn't raining yet, but the storm was definitely heading my way. And then it just started raining like absolute mad. But like like they had already left at that point. But I think there were storm chasers. So there's a lot of storm chasers. Like like I was just 
refreshing YouTube. I was like, OKC tornado and just refreshing YouTube by most recent videos. And there was like 20 videos over and over again of just people videotaping clouds. It was all worthless, but YouTube is worthless. I'm glad you lived. Yeah, but Judgment's cool and it's pretty. All right, Keith. It looks like you put um, the classics on here. What have you been playing? Yeah, so I'm gearing up to record an episode on somebody else's podcast. I'm going to be talking about GoldenEye. And I realized that prior to playing GoldenEye when I was a kid, I didn't really play a lot of the quote-unquote classics aside from classics as far as shooters go, I should say, uh, specifically. Like, um, you know, I played Doom and like Duke Nukem and Quake and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, I want to play some lesser known uh, first person shooters that came out prior to GoldenEye to kind of, I guess, uh, gauge exactly where in uh, history GoldenEye fits in as far as first person shooters go. Um, And so I've, despite me having grown up with Doom, I replayed Doom because why wouldn't you want to play Doom ever? So I've been playing the hell out of that, currently going through on the hardest difficulty, and I'm really bad at it. (laughs) I'm really bad at it. That sounds rough. You sound like you like to torture yourself just like me. <laughs> it's still a lot of fun, though. Yeah, man. I mean, first-person shooters are not my thing. I'm sure, I don't know, I've maybe played like the first Halo once, uh, but I played it with uh, friends, and so I would always say, hey, there's another co-op memory. I'd always get my ass kicked in, in Halo back in the day uh, because I never owned it, but my friends did. It was totally fair. Um, <laughs> so they got all the practice in? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Doom. Uh, I played through Wolfenstein for the first time. That game was kind of rough. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be going <laughs> back to that. That game kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. It's cool killing Nazis. It's no Quake. Yeah, no, absolutely not. No. And then I've also been playing the crap out of this game called Strife, which, because of Quake, uh, kind of got overlooked. I think Quake came out like a month after Strife. And it's... uh more story based than i thought it would be and it runs on the doom engine so it runs super smooth uh the graphics are what you would expect um as far as like doom and like duke no duke nukem goes now story based this means like big text boxes like what story do you do you got going on in there i don't know if i can get into this with philip (laughs) (laughs) philip loves my go on the list (laughs) yeah he loves his like what is the what was it in quake you were calling it what is the like the end boss it's terrible there's a bunch of lore text dumps at the end of each chapter and that's all the story you get yeah i mean you can go there's npc you can basically talk to like almost every npc and the when you're giving given a mission there's actually like a really uh nice like portrait of the npc and then over it is just all the text and it's voice acted uh, i mean it's 1990 it's 1996 yeah. voice acting so don't go into it expecting you know, like The Last of Us 2 or something like that. It's like no Nolan North or anything like that. But it's it's a I mean, lot of fun. It's it's I'm having a, no Resident Evil 6 or yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's kind of a shame that it got so over, overlooked. But um, it's there is quite the difficulty spike, <clears throat> you know, going back to a game like Doom. All of a sudden I am doing terrible there are not enough health pickups there's not enough ammo it's uh it kind of sucks at the point that i'm in right now but i don't know we'll we'll see if i finish it there's definitely been like a resurgence of like uh old school first person shooter games because you were talking about that strife game and i was like oh i hadn't heard about that coming out and i was googling it and i was like oh this is an old game like yeah. <laughs> this, this game, yes, out, it's very, this yeah. game i was three 
or something. <laughs> I, like, I was just gonna say, yeah, uh, they they re-released it on the Switch. That's what I'm playing on. Um, mm. And they that's what I heard. All right, they have updated. They have a couple like uh, updates to the graphics and stuff like that, which I turned all the way off because I want to experience how it was originally released. So that's cool that they put those options oh, in yeah. there. Old school mode. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a there's a game called it immediately it brought to mind this game called Ion Fury. Have you heard about about this game? It's also on the Switch. No. no. Well, Philip, you've heard about it because I've talked about it to you before off the podcast. I don't remember it. Well, Ion Fury is uh, a game that came out a few years ago. And it is literally just an old school first person shooter, literally in, I'm pretty sure it's in the build engine that, uh, you know, Duke Nukem 3D and all of that stuff is in. And, but it's a very modernized uh, video game that looks exactly like games looked back in the day. It's really, it's, there was a really funny story about it because the original name of it was Ion Maiden, kind of like a play on Iron Maiden, kind of, but they had to change their name because Iron Maiden sued them, which is a shame because it was a cool fucking name and it was a cool fucking game. And that's a lame thing to do, but I mean, copyright and bullcrap. But this is a really cool game. Uh, I, I definitely recommend it. If you are if you get through Strife and you're like, I kind of want a little bit more, uh, Ion Fury is like, it, it's 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 held up by uh, a lot of... Is GoldenEye or post-GoldenEye? Um, it is post-GoldenEye. It, it came out a few years ago. Like, okay. uh, let me see. I just had it pulled up. It, was, it came out in 2016 on Steam and then released on all of the other platforms. Because I played it on the Xbox, but it is very, very fun. Yeah, there's a couple more I want to get through, um, and then I'm going to play GoldenEye, and um, yeah, maybe I'll check that out. And how litigious of Iron Maiden is is that? That's so fucking stupid. Yeah, Yeah. it might have just been there. It might have just been Suits, and they probably just had no idea what they were. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure, assume, whatever. I don't care. Um, Have you heard of this game, Iron Maiden? Did you say Iron Maiden? No, you fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Pretty close. But it's kind of funny because it's only one letter away, but it's also like, you know how uh, Under Pressure by Queen and then there's Ice Ice Baby and they're like, but yeah. there's one more note. It's different. Yeah. So uh, now I'm like, I'm, did I just convince my, did I lawyer myself into th- getting on Iron Maiden's <laughs> side? I don't know. Yeah. But there, uh, oh God, well, it was like, I just went off track and I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say something completely different. Oh, well, it's probably not important. I'll tend to do that. So you guys, I when I talk about video games, I talk a lot. So you can always tell me to shut the hell up. I mean, no, that's fine. I'm notorious <laughs> for go. interrupting people. So I mean, like, I mean, I'll just jump in like mid sentence. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm gonna forget what I'm gonna say. All right, my games. Uh, go back to what you talked about. How Wolfenstein's bad. Me and Abe have been playing Wolfenstein New Blood for maybe a future episode, and it might be bad. I can't tell yet. I should it's preface yeah. me. It, it's oh, Wolfenstein 3D. It was the first Wolfenstein. So yeah, mm. which is confusing. How many other like games and movies like Spy Kids 3D is the third Spy Kids, and now you got <laughs> Wolfenstein 3D, the first game. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that. Yeah, but uh, Nave, I got on and I, I was doing my dailies, and it's almost good if you uh, only do the missions because you're able to like go back and replay the missions. And I replayed the first mission, then I replayed the second mission, and like this game is good if it was doom style where they just drop you into the level and they're like go kill but you know i don't know we'll, we'll get it more into when we actually play it for, yeah, the, for an episode i've definitely been thinking about that game a lot yeah we we are definitely we definitely didn't we only played it for one night i we neither of us had a lot of fun we were burned out like really fast like surprisingly fast and i was thinking about it at work like 
why am I so negative about this game? Like almost every aspect I'm like thinking about why I'm like, why do I don't, why do I dislike this? Why do I dislike the characters? Why do I dislike the structure? Why do, and I'm like, why am I thinking about this game so hard? So I'm almost looking forward to the time when we get to talk about Wolfenstein Youngblood because I, I feel like it might actually be a pretty like in-depth conversation because I'm like writing notes in my phone at work, like trying to remember these things I'm thinking about. And Wolfenstein 3D, you can play it in that game on an arcade cabinet. So we also played Wolfenstein 3D recently for like two levels. Kind of bad. I'm like, this is not good. It does not <laughs> hold up very well at all. No. Is Youngblood, is that the one on uh, Game Pass? Mm, yeah, I think all of, all, all, all of them are on Game Pass. Yeah, all of them are. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's the 361. Because it's the IP was owned by Bethesda before Microsoft acquired them, so they oh, tossed right. them all yeah. up there. Okay. All right. Uh, for my backlog, Bustin, because I also have a long backlog of games that I'm trying to get through. Uh, I got Crash Four from the library because it looked fun, and it was really bad. I spent about four hours in that game and <laughs> did not have a good time. And I was I felt committed because I I got it from the library and I'm like I'm gonna give it a shot and. Are you familiar with the Crash games? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I I played uh one and two back in the day, and then uh my ex bought the was it the remake or the remasters or something for the Switch? The insane trilogy? Yeah, yeah. And she was I was watching her play them and she was like, Why did anybody ever like this game? And she was the one that bought it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's pretty much all that needs to be said i guess as far as crash bandicoot goes yeah like i never played a crash before and i was talking to our good friend of the pod and patron pinecone about crash and i'm like oh i got crash 4 because he's a platform streamer and he said oh man crash 4 is the worst crash game that exists i'm like that's that's tough to hear uh, is it wrong. there's a lot of crash games there's a lot of them a lot of people yeah, like those that games was his claim. i mean i don't think crash 4 is that bad i mean i didn't beat it I, I played it a little bit. I also got frustrated and stopped. I have I, I gotta watch my blood pressure, man. I'm like I'm getting up there in the years. This game these games are notoriously frustrating. But um yeah, I got through the insane trilogy and I thought they were fu- all of them were fun. But it's like there are some PlayStation I mean yeah, there are like some PlayStation two ones like later up in the gen. It's like they kinda uh guitar heroed themselves. You know what I mean? They made a bunch of those Crash Bandicoot games and all of them kinda blend together in my head. Even the fucking original trilogy blends together in my head. I don't even know who I'm kidding. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can't differentiate. Like, if you show me one level from any of the games, I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking yeah. know. The only thing I remember about Crash 2 is how it came out after Mario 64, and it basically just stole everything from Mario 64. It, Mario 64, as far as, like, having a hub world and choosing different portals to go through, stuff like that. So I never I even thought about of, that. Yeah, I just kind of jacked that formula, and I remember playing it as a kid. I was just like, I could just play Mario 64. And it's a lot happier. <laughs> like, yeah, probably I'm the having better a lot game. less anger. Oh, I remember I was going to say way before, Goldeneye, you said you were going to play Goldeneye. Have you ever heard of a game called Torok? Oh, of course, 100%. Oh yeah, man. They they just they've been re-releasing the they've re-released the first two games Night Dive Studios did. And I've been like preaching the gospel of Torok. Like it's so good, especially on uh modern controllers. It's so good on a fucking mouse and keyboard. Ooh, it feels so good to play. Oh yeah, man. Torok's Are they great. fixing the graphics so it doesn't look like a bunch of crap smeared on the side of a wall <laughs> oh no absolutely not in fact things are a little bit goofier because the the fog is like less so now you can see farther so like okay. in the, well yeah, i'm not really sure about too. the second game 
But so in the first game, they did a Silent Hill thing where they used fog to mask like things rendering in the background, but or like things loading in. But obviously, no problem on the Series X. The problem is, is that the fog also masked enemies. So there's like a zone of influence essentially you have where that that was a Magic the Gathering term, but <laughs> you have to you have these enemies that you can see way far off in the distance that you can shoot, but they can't see you back because normally there'd be fog there. So right. they're designed to not shoot you until you walk closer to them. It's really goofy. It makes the first game a lot easier to play. I mean, not a lot easier. It's still a pretty hard game. Make sure you save, gentlemen. You can save at any Always time. Always quick save. Yep. All right. So I was so frustrated with Crash 4 that I took it back to the library. And after our time, this is after we just finished 6, Resident Evil 6. I forgot that that was I, what we were talking about. Yeah, I had such a good time on 6 that I was like, man, I want to play another Resident Evil. And they had Resident Evil 3 remake. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get that because Nate was hyping up too. I'm like, ah, you know, I'll get three, whatever. I brought it back. Resident Evil 3 Remake is insanely good. Like, it is a fantastic game. Like, I sat down Underrated. and beat it over the next two days. Well, like, this is the thing. But I, like, I, I mean, you already know what I'm going to say, but yeah. Resident Evil 3 Remake it was made by, like, the B team. Like, they had basically a bunch of assets and stuff like that. They did, they, they, and all of, like, the mechanics and stuff from the guys who made Resident Evil 2, they just kind of really quickly threw together 3. And if you ask, you know, the Resident Evil community, it's like a lot of stuff is missing from 3 Remake that was in 3, whereas in Resident Evil 2, it, everything's essentially intact there. It's just modernized and awesome. So it's really cool that you have the perspective of going from 3 to 2 because you because a lot of people went from 2 to 3 and were disappointed in 3. And you're, you're like, 3 is great. And you're going to go into 2 and like, 2 is even better. Wow. And you're going to be like, both of these oh, yeah. games are great. You know what I mean? So it's like probably the preferable way to do it if you want to, you know, have maximum fun. It was so good because I just tried to just mainline as fast as possible. And I beat the game in about four hours and 30 minutes. Just cleared the whole first story. And I was like, wait, hold on. They sold this game for 60 bucks when it came out? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. A a four hour game? Yeah. Yeah. And it came came with this multiplayer that died instantly. (laughs) The thing that I love about a little ridiculous. The thing that I love about the RE3 remake is that once you finish it, and this is indicative of a lot of Resident Evil games, at least modern Resident Evil games, they give you a ton of stuff at the end of it that you unlock, and you can go back in and start a new game with all this new gear and stuff. Yeah, and since the I definitely game thought is, about it. it. Since the game is so short, it's so fucking fun to speed run and be like, all right, I'm going to try, and, I'm going to equip these things and uh, start a new game and try to get through it as fast as possible. Be, I think one of the other complaints too was that Resident Evil 3 Remake was a little too linear, which I don't know, to, to each his own. I don't, I don't care if a game is linear or not. I think the main yeah. thing is that re- the original Resident Evil 3 had like, choices and like branching paths and different endings and the new the remake of the resident evil 3 does not did not go forward with that even though that would obviously extend the development time and like that's a whole lot of extra work they have to do they just kind of wanted to push this out while resident evil 2 was still in the good graces of everybody and and it's like and resident evil 3 is like the underdog of the trilogy on the ps2 ps1 right so it's like it's it's kind of like poetic a little bit <laughs> that this is what happened to it as well Wait, hold on but i mean who's a fan of resident evil one well resident evil one's the one that started it all it's like looked yeah. back on endearingly and but it's like you know if you play it now it's it doesn't hold up hard yeah it's yeah, really it's hard but really confusing <laughs> yeah as the old person on the podcast right now back in the day uh it was mind-blowing i was terrified 
I was fucking terrified of the original Resident oh, Evil. I think I've told this story before on the pod, but it this Resident Evil One was remade for the GameCube and like beautiful HD graphics. Well, I mean, not HD, but, you know, GameCube <laughs> graphics. GameCube but, um, HD. I mean, it's it's pretty cool because it's, it's all pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff, so they could make really elegant, beautiful backgrounds, and everything looks great. And they have all the horsepower, the small amount of GameCube horsepower it had, into the models themselves, which and all and also. You know, there were hardly any moving parts going on ever. So it's like the models even looked really good. You know what I mean? Especially for the GameCube, especially with the time. But it's like I remember as a kid, my dad – so we, we got a GameCube. We got like four games. I got like Burnout, Luigi's Mansion, Super Mario Sunshine, and Resident Evil 1. And I was like, what is this? And my dad was like, no, this is one you don't get to play. Like, And he never does <laughs> that to me. Like never. Like I, I got to play GTA. I was like, whatever you fucking want. But for some reason, Resident Evil, he's like, no, off limits. This is my game. He had a liquor cabinet, and he put the Resident Evil in the liquor cabinet. And I was like, okay, I just need to wait until that fucking liquor cabinet's unlocked. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna fucking get this game. And I'm gonna play this game. Well, one night he, you know, forgot to lock the liquor cabinet. Grab it. I take the GameCube, put it in my bedroom, slap that baby in there, and I start playing. And the very first cutscene, the iconic zombie turning around, the very first one, I was so fucking scared. I was like, what? I didn't know what a zombie was at all. I had never seen, like, bloody mess on faces. Like, I'd played Torok, but, you know, Torok looks like doo-doo smeared all over the walls, like you said. Like, it, <laughs> those aren't real things. I don't I don't empathize with the shit happening on the screen there. That game was amazing, too, because if you shoot people, their neck will start gushing blood. And they're like, oh, 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 and they're fucking writhing on the ground. And But, like, I was like, whatever. But this zombie that shambled towards me, petrified. Well, the, well, the thing we- about the remake, too, is that for me, at least, and this was probably a surprise to you as well, is that some of them come back, you know, in that original game, yeah. oh, they, yeah. they stayed dead. And as I'm, you know, retracing a path through a hallway and all of a sudden the zombie that I killed rises up from the floor and is like now faster and a lot stronger just like panicking full panic and and you just unload an entire like clip of ammo into them and they're still alive it's uh it's terrifying that the gamecube game still looks gorgeous it's great and they they re-released it on the modern systems and it's just the exact same version and it looks great it's just in widescreen now and those crimson heads, man. I didn't know. I didn't know about them either. And I left a bunch of bodies around because what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to carry around a gas can, put gas on them, and then light them on fire so that they don't come back. But it's like no one's gonna do that on their first playthrough. And then once right. once the mansion starts getting populated with these crimson heads that you didn't take care of, I'm like, I, I that's why I stopped playing because I was like, I cannot even traverse anymore because I'm running out of ammo because I'm in survival mm-hmm. mode because this game is hard. And it's like, I'm Googling it, and like, what's the solution? People are like, oh, just don't kill zombies. Run around them. They're slow and stupid. I'm just like, but I'm already here in the bad situation. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm already messed up. I need a, I need a Uno reverse card. And the energy's just like, mm, sorry, dude, you dummy. Burn the bodies. Why else do you have a gas can for? Yeah, just playing the video game, dude. Lighter. All right. Nave, what did you buy this week? Nothing. I'm destitute. Okay. I'm desolate. I am eating ramen and drinking faucet water. I need help. So, segue to the Patreon. Yeah, all right. (laughs) This is where we ask for money. So, we have a Patreon, and we can let's go ahead and celebrate our current patrons Michael Superbacker and Pinecone. 
Thanks for the help, boys. Thank you. If you want to, I got to eat Burger Nate. King because of you guys. Yeah, and uh, maybe get him less poor. Go to our Patreon. Shout out to Morgan. Yeah, yeah. Morgan Remington, old Pinecone. Also, uh, leave us a podcast review. Is that what it's called on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stuff? Main people quest also. Yeah, people don't do that. That's what's the. That's why we ask for it because it helps us out a lot, Philip. And yeah, we finally have enough people who reviewed us on Spotify that we have a stars thing now. Like now it shows us our stars. Yep, it's 4.7. That means one of you, son of a bitch, (laughs) one of you sons of bitch reviewed us like four stars. Dude, doesn't that suck? I hate that. I fucking hate that. (laughs) And we don't even get to know who it was. So now I'm blaming everyone. I'm blaming all of you. You know who you are. Yeah, get us to 4.8 or I will just progressively become more and more angry and jaded as the podcast goes on. Well, Nave, speaking of helping us out, I actually have a, a kind of a new story. So, Nave, bad news. My Xbox seems to be broke. The Series X? Yeah. For fucking so, why? Okay, so I was playing games this morning, no problem. I, you know, even finished Resident Evil 3. And I'm like, sweet. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to go play some some New Blood or whatever. Worked fine. Anyways, go out for the day. We went to Boy Scouts thing. Come back. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to just log into ESO and get my dailies or whatever. I log in and it's like, hey, you don't own this or whatever. You need to log in with the right account. And I'm like, oh, that's that's big bummer. So I start Googling all like how people fix this or whatever, because I'm logged into my account, you know, and I have the game on Game Pass. I end up having to I just like factory reset my console uh, or where you just like remove your profiles and log back in. And even then uh, it I can now get in and it says I own it, but it says I have a network issue whenever I log in. I'm like, that's weird. And then I realize I get that network issue. Eve, What's up? Do you have it set as your home Xbox? No. Because I have an, the downstairs Xbox that's my home Xbox that I wonder, the kids play on. I wonder. Yeah, see, that's a problem because people will use it. Hmm. All right, we'll go on. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah. So then, you know, I get the profiles back on and it's still not working. So I'm like, all right, time to get desperate. I'm going to Microsoft support. So Microsoft support uh, turns out they don't have like an online contact. They just have the phone number. And I'm like, that is terrible. I'm not calling that phone number. But then they did have like a, a message thing. I'm like, oh, what's this? And they're like, hey, this is a third party support thing. Yep. You know, get help from gamers or whatever. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I'll use this. I get in there and these are volunteer gamers that are offering tech support advice, like full on. Like I'm in a message with I've been in this message. I'm still in it with this person for the last like four hours of them trying to help me. And they have like they even have ratings. This person's 100% helpful and has helped 4,383 people with answers. Well, that, sounds, like, that sounds like he is because he's been in a fucking thing with you for four hours. I know, right? And This guy's not I'm, getting paid? No, he's not getting paid. I started like, okay, so that was the whole thing is I went through this thing. He's like, hey, man, we're going to try doing an offline uh, system reboot or whatever. I'm like, cool. And he's like, you need to download this seven gigabyte file or whatever and put it on a flash drive. And I'm like, all right. So while I was downloading, I just started talking to him. Like, this dude's that's hacking what I do. your Xbox. He's actually not a helpful person. This dude's no, taking because, over everything. Yeah. All of a sudden, like your Xbox is really just mining Bitcoin. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> you screwed up, dude. You're talking to the wrong guy. Yeah. So I was like, hey, man, like, do you guys get any, like, perks or anything? Like, since you guys are, like, a business-related or whatever, you know? And he was like, no, there's no perks or anything. I'm like, oh. And I'm like, I thought you guys were, like, a third-party company. He's like, no, uh, not really. And I'm like, are you a volunteer? And he's like... Yeah, I, I just want do this as a volunteer thing. And I'm like, and I asked him like, hey, man, you know about the League of Legends tribunal thing? Because I used to be like an old, <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't know anything about that. And I'm like, you play Elden Ring? He's like, no. So anyways, I find out these you guys. Just this guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> they're just like, like at what point in your life do you start volunteering your time to help people with their tech support problems? Dude, no joke. I got a, I got like, I was messing around with my Xbox stuff because I was in the ba- I was in the uh, the program for the preview program and stuff and all of that. And I was considering actually doing just that exact thing you're talking about because I would get I got like an email when I was like screwing around with the rewards program and that was one of the things that they were talking about. Like you can go and talk to people about your problems because obviously if you're going into the beta program, you don't mind being like, hey, here's a thing that's messed up. Like fix this. You know what I mean? I got out of the beta program because it fucking screwed everything up like multiple times. Like every time a new game would come out, something would be broken about it. And I like I got Rock Band 4. It was like 200 something bucks and I couldn't play it for like a month and a half because the controllers wouldn't connect to the fucking Xbox. Oh, and no. I was like, because I was in the preview program. And so it was like, OK, you know, like I guess I just have this plastic that's just sitting in my room. Oh, well, I still have not resolved my issue with your like um, your rock band thing out issue or resolved. I still can't. I can now launch the Microsoft Store after doing like a full system reset, delete all games, all save data, all profiles from my Xbox like full base boot, I can now launch the Microsoft Store, but I still can't launch games. But I can launch the Game Pass app and play cloud games through my Xbox, but I can't launch any actual games on my Xbox. Well, at least you can cloud game. I mean, I don't know yeah, that's how I was playing Wolf, Wolf New Blood. Great. That's a great yeah, game to spend time on after all of that. So, oh, wait, have, do you have your Xbox horizontal or vertical? Vertical, of course. Disgusting! Peasant! Gross! What happens if one of your kids comes in with a fucking Captain Crunch oops all berries and then they go oops and they spill like one little Captain Crunch into the fan on the top? Like it's a little active volcano! You want to get freaking uh, Chris Redfield bouldered into your freaking CPU? Is that what you want? Oh my god, that's that's very unlikely to happen. What do you mean? I read... Okay, so this is why I'm so adamant about this. I think I talked about this last episode, but I, I was reading an article when the Xbox Series X was like first out for like only a month and one of the uh, journalists was like a fuck my fucking child put a crayon into the top of the series x and messed up my fan and i never considered this so if you have kids don't put it vertical but i was like fuck that <laughs> i never I, like these holes are enormous i can almost put my pinky into them like there are huge little holes at the top of this fan it's a big beefy boy I bet you never even considered this, Philip. Even if it's horizontal, it can still stick a crown. Still stick stuff in it. Yeah, Yeah, but it's like an ATM, and that that now I know you're malicious. If you did it and it's horizontal, that's 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 malicious intent. That's enough for me to stand my ground and shoot you in my home or whatever it is. I don't know, but like I'm, uh, it just seems like there's so much more opportunity to mess your Xbox up if it's vertical. I don't know. I never had my PS2 vertical. Did you ever have a PS2 vertical? You didn't even have a PS2. No, well, no. VS2 was yeah, always horizontal. It's just, okay, whatever. I didn't own the stands for the PS2, so yeah, mine was always horizontal. Oh, no. Uh, I finally got I the what. final message back from my support person, and he says, let me be honest with you right now. We have exhausted all possible solutions to fix the issue. It seems your console has a hard- hardware issue. Maybe it's under warranty? If yes, here's a link. If not... You'll be charged for repair service. I hope you understand. Yeah. yeah. Ask him for his gamer tag. We'll shout him out and say, hey, I run a oh podcast. Kid. Do you want to <laughs> shout out your gamer? He's got to have a gamer tag if he's on the Microsoft. No, I wouldn't do that. Thing. Oh, it's whatever. All right. So let's X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X-X
Also, if anyone else has this problem out there and just happens to be listening to the pod, write in and please tell me how to fix it. Dude, what I'm thinking is if you're, unless your Xbox is fucked up right now at this moment, I'm saying make that Xbox Dr. Tubbs home Xbox and just see what happens. Like, see if that just magically fixes the Mm. issue. And then the only, then what you would have to do is just, you know, not be signed in and have them, you have to be signed in on the other Xbox whenever they want to play video games and you're just not able to play. Or I don't know how many times you could switch your home Xbox thing. I don't know if it's like a thing where it's like, I don't know. What am I thinking of? Like Discord, you can only change your name like twice a day, right? <laughs> like, yeah. is it a, like, there's a thing for changing the home Xboxes. Like, there's a limit in a time frame. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I think it's like two in a year, if I remember. Which is fine. A, a weird I mean, limit. It, it's not fine because if you change your home to the Series X and it works, you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then you change it back and it doesn't work no more. You're like, oh, I can't fix this now <laughs> i've screwed it all up anyway we need to you get know off what the... setting that's under uh it's 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 not in profiles i think it's just in preferences and console preferences, preferences? it'll be like Why would it'll it be in preferences well there will i don't know i don't i don't make the fucking dashboard dog but it's like there's one that says uh home xbox and it's like its own little tab not mm. a tab but you know button inside the tabs right. for the love of god take us away from here save so, me twitter we did a tw- you put out a twit this week yep about People this replied game? to it. Nice. People replied to what this, but not Halo Master Chief Collection. I'm gonna fucking scream. Resident Evil Six, guys. All right. Well, these are the guys who. Well, hold on. Now I gotta. Well, I I have the tweet right, tweet right here, anyways. All right. So after the break, we're gonna talk about it. But these are the guys that wrote in. It's a Hopple game at A O T E A R O A S. At A O T E A R O A S. I don't know how to pronounce that. But um, he wrote in. Thank you, uh, Frui from. Uh, what is their podcast? Hold on. Look, my phone is just Morning. not. There it goes. All right. Uh, Between Two Gamers. There we go. Uh, okay, so Fruy from Between Two Gamers and uh, Chris from 1H1D all wrote in. Thank you, boys. Nice. And girls. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Hopple Gamer. You do whatever you want, guys. Let's go to the break. And the music plays. Bum, 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 bum. All right, Keith. Do you need a break or anything? Um, Actually, I need to go check to see if my cat is angry at me and wants to get in. So... Uh, okay. Just give me yeah, like go over real quick. two minutes, if that. Yeah, no rush. This is two episodes back to back with people using a break. Using the break. Yeah. And this is the second time it was cat related. What are the odds? So cat people need breaks. I wouldn't know. I'm a dog guy. The Xbox thing is making me really angry. Okay, I did it. What, made it your home? It is now set as my home Xbox. Let's see if it works. Dude, I hope it works, man. That fucking bums me out. Nope. Okay, I'll make a deal restart. Well, okay, I was going to say Xbox. restart. Have you hard reset the Xbox? I'm sure you have, right? Like unplugged oh, yeah. it and everything, dude. Full system reset, factory defaults. Yeah, I went I through heard the, the little BIOS reset. boot screen again. That bums me out. I had a really good yeah. day and you ruined it. I mean, we still got cloud. Yeah, we still got cloud strife from Final Fantasy VII. We've now talked about cloud and strife in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? I'm losing my fucking mind again. This game is right, broken week. me. It's broken yeah. all of us. Resident Evil Six, uh, made in October 2012. By Capcom, the Lost Planet guys, in case you don't remember. <laughs> the Lost Planet guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I mean, what uh, else? Well, the Earth actually ended uh, in 2012 in October, and we're just in purgatory. And that's where Resident Evil 6, that was the catalyst for all of it. I, I didn't realize this game was so old. Because, like, when I was playing, I'm like, man, this feels like a 360 game. It's so, it feels so, uh, like, of its time, you know? You kept, 
You kept saying that when we were playing, and I just thought you were joking knowing it was a 360 game. No, oh, man, I thought this was like a 2018, 2019 game or something. Well, anyway, then again, wow. Like I, like, I don't keep up with uh, the Resident Evils. Like, I just played Fair. 7 four months ago or something like that. And I'm like, whoa, 7 is, like, really good. Like, this game is awesome. I can't wait to play 6. God, wait till you get to 8, dog. I can't wait till I play 2. Everything compared you to Resident Evil two. 6 is good. He have he hasn't played two. He hasn't played either of the twos. Boo this man! Oh my god! Point at him and boo. I, I mean, I played Resident Evil One back on the Wii. Whenever they <laughs> the, the that's the worst the, Resident Evil, dude. Yeah, because you, I think you actually use like hand motions to like do different things, and it was it was bad. Actually, RE four? I, I think operation. Was there another RE no. on the Wii? No, it was an RE. It was Resident Evil One for the Wii. Yeah, they just released yeah, it again. Ew. Ew. Yeah. That was that was the first time I played Resident Evil. Was on the Wii. What's wrong yeah. with you? It's not good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, Philip, Dave, it's still not working. Philip was a uh, huge on the Wii. He was a yeah, Wii, Wii advocate. Was awesome. A Wii yeah, advocate. Well, that sounds like a pothead, actually. I, I've never owned a Wii. I've had like girlfriends who had a Wii, but I never actually owned one until recently. All right, uh, let's let's get into a couple of little points about how we played it. So me and Abe, of course, we're co-op. We played it all the way through co-op. Uh, it took us around 15 hours or so to beat, I think. And we played it over three days. We beat the whole game in like three days. You beat it in 15 I, hours? It was closer to 20 hours. I don't know. Closer to 20? What? It's like an hour a chapter. What are you talking about? There's 20 mm, chapters. I don't remember. Where, where am I getting 15 from? I put the times in here. You, I thought. you could say whatever you want. <laughs> You're not <laughs> even me. You said we beat in 106 hours. We did everything. And no. I was like, All right. I guess he, I hope right. everyone knows he's joking. Yeah, man. I was 15. I think I was probably close to 25. But 25? I yeah, I soloed the <laughs> game, so though, long. also. So we were going God. fast towards the end. Like me and Philip were like speed running Ada's campaign. I was just like, I we were running you. through fights. Yeah, we're out of here. Yeah. yeah, definitely at the end, it turned into a Master Chief speed run where. You don't fight the enemies unless you have to, and you just run past everyone. Like, if they kill me, they kill me. And you just run, you know? Which you can beat the game that way, as it turns out. Can you? Uh, I mean, we got really far. There was some time to get in Ada's campaign. Mm. Well, see, now I'm digging. Well, How often were Ada we Ada had a lot of grapple shots. Yeah, yeah. Cause so that's the you thing. just need to get to the grapple. Yeah, she was just Spider-Man. I don't, I don't know. I don't I, know about that, Philip. We're going to have to fact check you later. Oh, my God. Yeah, apparently my facts are out of control. So the first thing we did... Uh, I listened back to your two ep- like your episodes on Resident Evil 6, which you had a two-parter, and you were mainly focused on the story and didn't talk about gameplay at all, which I was yeah. impressed by because the gameplay is the best part of the game. Like the I story is uh the story is passable. It's fine, but it's what it's, it's how the story is presented. Okay, if you get the story and you write it out. It's bad. But if you look at what is happening on the screen and just no. not listen, <laughs> like it that. is so great. Oh my oh god. My Can you please oh, what is that now clip? That did you did, <laughs> Sorry. Now that I've finished all of the Resident Evil games, I will say as far as story and gameplay goes, it's at the bottom for me. The bottom? Woo! The very the very bottom. Wait, one? Even past one? Even past Jill Sandwich? I didn't play the originals. I didn't play the originals for, for the podcast. I played the remakes. Oh, okay. Oh. Because so they don't... Capcom, Capcom doesn't consider the originals canon anymore, so I only uh, play the canon entries. I guess. Fucking what? That was news to me. What about Zero? You played Zero, right? And I Veronica did Chronicles or whatever? Zero is much better than Resident 
Resident Evil 6. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. If Resident Evil 6 wasn't a Resident Evil game, I think it would be okay if it was just called, like, let's give it, I don't know, let's call it like... Dude, if this game was a Yakuza spinoff, this shit would be the bomb, dude. Like, it don't change anything. I don't just, know. I feel just like change. Just make it Keon Linity, and then it's just fucking go. Yakuza spinoff, man. The this is the Yakuza game of Resident Evil, and maybe that's why I love it so much. I can't I, like. Oh, it's so dumb. Even <laughs> so like funny, considering how late this game came out in the console generation in, in 2012. I feel like even if it was not a resident evil game it probably would have just been forgot like mm, it's yeah. it's fun for like here's my question what campaign did you guys have the most fun with okay uh going down with that definitely it might be a different answer uh chris and pierce was my favorite campaign it was so good are you oh fucking dude like it's all about oh no i'm forgetting their names i'm forgetting both of their names fucking what's her name Harry and jake yes it's fucking all about sherry and jake dude the Jake is the it. best character. Dude, it's so funny, dude. <laughs> See, so as far good. as... That's interesting. So, for me, like, if we're talking about story and characters, Sherry and Jake, great. They're, like, the most well-written characters because they almost had to write for them because they were non-existent prior to Resident Evil 6. And whereas, like, Chris... And Leon and Ada, they're just kind of like fan service and they're just kind of doing what they've been doing the past five games. So, yes, I think story wise, Sherry and Jake are great. But then as far as gameplay goes, I would say that, yes, Chris and Pierce is probably the most fun and probably like the most fleshed out gameplay wise than any of the any of the other campaigns. I mean, fuck yeah, okay. it's the most yeehaw fucking action-packed yeah. AR-15 for a penis fucking, yeah. we're going balls to the wall, boys, with the fucking military uh, fucking pep talk right at the beginning, got PTSD Chris over here fucking being emo and shit. I'm Dude, like, the scene, oh. the scene at the end of the game where Chris is like in this shithole bar eating like <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, it's <laughs> But you're like, oh, he's fucking PTSD. He's like drinking for Lucy, and he's like eating a fucking voluptuous looking steak. And you're just he's like, eating. yeah. <laughs> but look at the shithole he's fucking eating in. What? These guys he's like eating steak, steak and eggs or something like that. I'm like, what bar is serving up breakfast? Dude, in <laughs> okay. my head canon, he went to a restaurant, ordered to go, brought it to the shithole bar, and then <laughs> sat down to eat. That is how it had to have happened. Oh, I love this game so much. It's so right, I feel like um, we were getting way ahead of ourselves. I put the notes in basically by our days of playing because it really was an evolution as we play through these separate campaigns. The way this game works is you have oh, four. We what? fucking forgot to do the write-ins. We forgot to do the write-ins. We still do that? Yeah, we have write-ins, dog. I know we went like seven episodes in a row with zero write-ins, but uh, Frui from Between Two Gamers said this is the first horror game he's ever played. Oh, no. This uh, is no horror is it it's like giving this the title horror is that's nice it's it's like 20 percent a horror game a little uh remember so i mean if you're scared of bad writing (laughs) this is a really bad horror game but okay so he says he remembers sitting down with his dad and okay hold on i'm screwing it all up okay he says remember sitting down with my dad just made some hot drinks resident evil one opened that front door both launched our drinks everywhere okay i think he's just talking okay he's talking about resident evil one i think he's talking about resident evil one okay yeah 
Maybe. I don't know. Okay, I'm confused now. I'm sorry. I butchered everything. But that's how I copy-pasted it in there. And I don't want to load up Twitter again because it's going to take like 37 hours on my 12-year-old phone. So Hopplegame uh, wrote in and said, he did try part seven. Was too scary for me. But I like... But I like to movies fun trash. I think I screwed up the fucking copy paste process. Philip, are you so it sounds like with me? nobody has played no, Resident that, Evil Six. That's how you pasted it. Yeah, it sounds like maybe nobody played Resident Evil Six. But one hour one decision, he came in hot. Chris from one hour one decision came in hot with the spicy questions or statement with an ellipsis at the end. He said, "Let's talk about that logo, Philip." At the end of every campaign, oh my god, the logo! Resident Evil Six pops up with the logo right there. Do you want to describe what this logo looks like, Philip? Honestly, no, I don't want to describe it. Okay, because... I'll do it then. I love describing oh, okay. it to people. It looks like a giraffe getting a blowjob from a guy, and it is incredibly funny. And if you don't believe me, go Google Images it, man. I'm telling you, everyone. You it can't is... unsee it. Once you see it, you will no, never I see it every time. look at it <laughs> so the same bad. way again. In it's... every campaign, it's like it's like the credits roll, and then it's like, bah! like Big a fucking six. movie trailer. But then you just see this fucking <laughs> bestiality happening in front of you. And you're like, you just got to laugh every time. It makes everything <laughs> so much funnier in a game that's already hysterical. Yeah, there's already a dumpster fire, and then on top of that, you've got bestiality staring at you in the face. Yeah, oh my well, god, that's a great tweet. I'm glad he, he sent that in. Thank you, Chris, because we—I don't think we would have forgotten about it, but it probably would have came up just randomly in the middle of someone's story. All right, okay, which so, it, technically it did because I interrupted Philip <laughs> in order to do that. So, so just like in Resident Evil One, which was the first one, uh, you get a choice between what characters you play as. And usually it's a A and B story of like, it's the same story happening and you just play different roles. I think they did this in the second game as well. I haven't played the second game where you have a choice between Leon or Jill, maybe. I don't know. Now you're making me doubt myself. Is it Jill? I think yeah. it's Claire. It Claire? It's oh, real? no, it's Claire. Yeah. Re- Resident Evil or Resident Evil 2? Resident Evil 2. 2. Oh, yeah. Because Jill Claire. is yeah. the master of unlocking. Okay, you, you screwed yeah. me up, Philip. You better stop. My bad. What's, Look, okay, what's so, cool? Okay, go for it. Oh, my God. The, old, the first Resident Evil I ever finished was 4, where I played as Leon. And I'm like, whoa, Leon's a badass. So day one, we were like, what campaign are we going to play? And I'm like, we got to play Leon's, of course. Like, Leon, he's he's the he's the cutest boy. Like, he's the best boy. Like, let's, let's play his campaign. And we get in there, and I'm like... He's very cute. Okay, so we're playing as Leon and unnamed female number two. I don't know her name or what Helena. she does in the story. Uh, uh, Hel- yeah, Helena, yeah, Helena they had Carter. To do the, they had to do the Mortal Kombat 9 thing. They had to get some new blood in there. I guess. I mean, I don't know why they had to because whatever. I don't know because they had to write a a terribly poorly written female character for like the sixth time in the franchise. (laughs) So so every every campaign has established character and then brand new character. And that's each one. Technically, except Jake and Sherry. I mean, Sherry's in Resident Evil 2, but not really. like two yeah she's the kid and two she wasn't like a character but yeah i mean i think i think she's in the lore i don't know i mean she is but i really wouldn't say she's a character because half the time in resident evil 2 she's just sick and dying so yeah and also it, it's like all the other characters are just doing their own thing that they, that they always do and then sherry never had a thing besides being sick and dying which sherry in this game is always just falling over being cute and clumsy being there for jake to catch her yeah i mean like so she is yeah. kind of still uh being helped a whole lot 
but I mean, it didn't, it didn't really matter. Okay, so Leon and Helena. I played as Helena, you were Leon, and we went to rescue Deborah, another character we had no idea who she was, except that she was their sister or something. And this starts, okay, this starts the plot. And the plot, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. Just it's like so stepping bad. Because we started with Leon's, which is not the beginning of the, this plot. It's not the beginning of all our characters' story. The beginning begins with Ada I, and Chris, I think, maybe. No, I think the beginning is Chris Redfield's yeah. second chapter, because it's a flashback, right? Yeah, Chris because Redfield's they're in, second chapter is a flashback. Or is it his in first chapter? No, it's the first point. chapter. It's the first chapter. Or, I can't remember. Mm. It's starting to, it's starting, it like, is now starting to blend together the more I think like about They're in Cambodia it. or some shit. They're in an un, um, unnamed uh, Soviet Union collapsed uh, country. Yeah, and know. then by the end of the second chapter is where Chris is at that hole-in-the-wall bar and Pierce comes to get him and then the rest of the game starts. Wait, are you sure? Hold on. Yeah. I think the first e- – no, because the first episode, they're in that hotel and they're fighting – and no, no, wait, I think I'm right. I think it is the second chapter because the I think the first chapter is they they're heli- they helicopter in to this building. And then at the very end of the chapter, Chris is looking down at the crystalid dudes and then he has the flashback. And then it's chapter two where you go through the flashback. And then chapter three starts with Chris coming back from the flashback. And now you're like, oh, that's why he's scared of, I don't remember, why he has PTSD from the opening cutscene. From losing his boys. All I know is that at some point, yeah, because they're they're like in Cambodia or wherever the fuck Russia, yeah. and <laughs> uh, they lose their, I guess, the most important soldier on the team. I don't even remember his name because who could yeah, give a some shit? Dude. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's yeah, the bomb guy. Carla yeah. or the, the Ada clone kills he's, kills him or whatever, and that's kind of what sets off his PTSD. Yeah, and his rage boner for Ada Wong. Yeah, and it's like this guy is just the Carmine or the red shirt, is that what it's called in Star Trek? He's just this dude who has a name. Like if you if you're aware of this, if you watch like anime where they will make a character like that is just a background character, and then all of a sudden they're getting a whole lot of backstory in one episode, and you're like, that guy's gonna die. Be- and they just shout his name me. all the time throughout the game. They're like, Noah! Or like, man, Noah's great. Didn't Noah <laughs> shoot that gun well? <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, you remember how he's doing all of this to save his family from poverty and his mom has cancer? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, no, Noah! That's exactly what this character is, except he never really has that character arc. Wait, why? okay, we're talking about Leon's campaign. <laughs> this is the yeah, wrong okay, campaign. So- we went into the wrong <laughs> campaign. So Leon's campaign, we find out Umbrella's back and they're now Neo Umbrella and Perfect. they're they're up to no good. And at, at the point of Neo Umbrella, I think I just like WTF. What is this really what we're going with? Like this is this is the move? Neo yeah, Umbrella? Totally forgiven, man. Completely new yeah. company. You know what I mean? They're can not I sketchy go, at all. Like can meta, I interject you know? something? Can I can I go back to when Philip was talking about when you select these characters or whatever? Absolutely. It's, there is no structure to this at all. <laughs> it's different. Well, I'll circle back to how fucked the story is. So <laughs> RE6 is different in that, you know, in the previous Resident Evils, when you would select a character, no matter who you picked, the same story was going to play out. Some yep. puzzles would be like a little bit different, but for the most part, it is the same game just a different character. Where Resident Evil 6, it doesn't work for Resident Evil 6 because they're trying to tell this Tarantino-esque story. So when you are picking Leon's campaign, stuff is happening, 
but you have no fucking context for what is going on. And you're just like, what's Neo Umbrella? Who the hell is Deborah? Like, what is happening? Why is this guy turning into a T-Rex? <laughs> in your two episodes you at some point you do mention you i think you're like this game is cut up like a quentin tarantino movie and i literally stopped my fucking truck and wrote that down in my notes i was like we've got to bring that up because that's fucking brilliant that is exactly how this game is like the Except story tarantino is, is, is a much better writer than whoever the hell wrote resident evil 6 well so here's the thing with that Okay, f- fuck the campaigns for now. Bin- binge okay. that. Okay, so yeah. the where you were saying that you when you have no idea what's going on, I think the really interesting thing about that is that I don't think that you're supposed to know. I think the developers made the ca- made the game in a way that you have to play all of it in order to understand. And it's interesting the way that you played it because you you went onto Instagram, I think, right? And you asked you were like, "I'm going to play two of these four campaigns. What should I play?" And your audience went Chris, I mean, your audience went Leon's campaign and Ada Wong's campaign. And as soon as I heard you say that, I went, oh, no, you fucked up. You can't play Ada Wong's campaign <laughs> second because this is the thing. This, I was here on the fucking ground. I was a front man soldier for Resident Evil 6, all right, when it first came out. I had that shit day one. I was fucking around with that game. Ada Wong's campaign was a afterwards campaign. That campaign is a victory lap. Like, it spoils a bunch of shit. That is in all of the campaigns because obviously Ada Wong is like espionage lady. She's the Metal Gear Solid campaign. She's going through and, you know, slithering through everyone's campaigns and like is always in the distance helping and shit. She's that guardian angel. Well, the thing about Ada Wong's campaign, it's supposed to be unlocked after you complete all of the other campaigns. Because be, for that reason, exactly, you're supposed to have all of the information in context so that Ada Wong's campaign like ties up loose ends. Like it, in, like you're like, oh, okay, this is what's going on. This is why Simmons acts this way, and sometimes he acts this way. This is why Ada Wong is evil sometimes, and Ada Wong is good sometimes. Or like how she reacts to specific people. It's like it was an unlockable campaign. And not only that, which this this part doesn't affect you at all, but Ada Wong's campaign used to only be single player. The first three campaigns were co-op, and this game was single-player with only Ada Wong. This will come up when we talk about Ada Wong's campaign, because Ada Wong has a fucking schizophrenic soldier that follows that pops in and out of reality, in and out of existence, during the campaign. It is the funniest shit ever. Like, he, this dude is not in fucking cutscenes, and then as soon as the cutscene's over, he's right there. Like, you know what the, in the, in the cutscenes where he, she's helping out Leon and she's in the helicopter? Yeah. Well, the soldier's right next to her, and as soon as a cutscene <laughs> happens, he's gone, and then the cutscene's over, and he's back in the helicopter. It is the funniest thing. It makes it makes Ada it, uh, into a completely different character when you play her in co-op, because she's clearly mentally ill. Like, this dude never <laughs> talks. She never refers to him. Like, it's so funny. Uh, well, the problem is, though, Ada is always dropping one-liners, like a yes! uh, James Bond oh person. God. So she's always like, I'll never see that person again, as she, like, grapple hooks away, looks directly to the side, makes eye contact with the nameless soldier that's always <laughs> with her, and then continues on. Because right, she's always narrating, so like you know, she's monologuing because she's by herself. I mean, it's uh, it's it's so goof. It's so goofed. At the very what I was saying at the very beginning, as Leon, you don't have any of this context for Chris's stuff. You don't have any of this context for Sherry's stuff. And I think that that's kind of it. Kind of makes sense. It's not great to experience it the first time through, especially if you're unaware good. of all of this. Because even then, when I played like Chris's campaign next, I still had so many more questions that weren't even that were piled on top of the questions i had from leon's campaign 
And oh like, yeah, this is this story nothing, is a leaky ship. <laughs> nothing literally <laughs> made any sense until I was completely done with the game, and even then, I guess none of it still really makes a lot of sense. But I got the picture, <laughs> you know. My point, like, really, is just that because I don't think it's great. I don't think it's like executed great. I don't think the story is very good either. But I think it's interesting because it's like Leon doesn't know what's going on anyway. Like, why would how would Leon know? And Philip remarked on this a lot where many times characters intersect and leon is like what the fuck is going on and then they're like it is way too complicated to explain yeah sorry okay, man wait <laughs> i actually got about three snippets of dialogue that just stood out to me so much just because the dialogue can be so terrible and so awesome in this where this is the second time we see ada and this is good ada i think leon calls out to her and he's, he's like ada you know what's up he's like what's happening and ada replies to him it's complicated. Pulls out her Batman little zip line thing, shoots and flies away. Out. And then it just ends the cutscene. Then we just go to the next thing. Like we didn't learn anything after we flew up at like a Neo Umbrella lab together. We're just moving what, on. Like what's no actually brilliant about that though is that that is in line with her character from Resident Evil Two because she did that to Leon then as well. She she didn't tell Leon shit. Like she Leon just help her out and then she just be like okay bye and then. You're just like, okay, well, bye, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. And, like, you get a lot of more information through, like, you know, files and stuff that you can pick up and, and stuff like that, which I noticed was gone. It's That's absent in this game. There's no files to pick up. There's So there's no, like, background, like, lore that you're uh, acquiring, like in every other Resident Evil game. I think the reason for that is because this game is so heavily focused on co-op, so they didn't want people fucking sitting there reading through pages of shit. I mean, it happened well, you- in Dead Space 3, where we just stopped reading anything because one person would be reading it, the other person would be ready to go. They do have those files in the game. Oh, do they? But they're in a separate Yeah, they're unlockable. Menu, and oh, you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. unlock them. <laughs> so yeah, so... stupid. That kind of that kind of does reinforce what I was saying, where I I think it was purposefully to not interrupt the flow of gameplay with cooperative like right. online co-op. So this game has a really cool mechanic where it has those four campaigns. Each of them are two player, but there are specific boss fights. On paper, this is a cool mechanic. After playing through all four campaigns, it, it kind of gets a little grating, but they intersect, so the game becomes a four-player co-op game rather than just a two-player co-op game and unfortunately philip and i'm pretty sure keith too neither of you got to experience this right the four-player experience where there are four humans actively participating okay so yeah we never ran into anyone online uh either when we played just recently for for the cooperation we got invaded many times but which is another game mode. we'll get into the fucking later but uh yeah so that game mode because there's four players they even made it to where like i there aren't any there the the collectible in this game are little blue shield things that you shoot emblems i can't remember they're in yeah, resident they're evil emblems. 5 uh it, it's also in resident evil 5 they're in well there well. aren't any emblems in any of those fucking parts because they didn't want they the same reason why they didn't want lore and dialogue i mean lore and like uh what are those things called? Readable. Paper, readable things. They didn't want that shit clouding up the two-player experience. And the four-player experience, they didn't want people looking around for fucking emblems and shit. Like, you you know, every boss arena is just like a just a circle, fight the dude. You know what I mean? Like, that's all you ever do in those boss arenas once you break them down, like, on a gameplay level. But, damn, I've been right. talking for a minute. <laughs> yeah, Go let's do recap else. Leon real quick. So, 
Leon and Helena, they go and they save slash kill Deborah. Whatever, we move on. Uh, some plot <laughs> happens. I don't remember. We end up meeting with the uh, Secretary of Defense who killed the president. And Simmons. Clone, yeah, Simmons. Clonada shows up, shoots him in the back with a syringe, transforms him into a... Not Clonada. It was Not a Clonada? fucking... It was really? It was a zombie goon. Oh, no, oh it, was, was a... it was from Clonada, but it was a zombie okay. goon that did it. Yeah, anyway, so he gets infected, and he starts transforming into a monster, and she drops the line, you're just becoming the monster you always were. <laughs> and... <laughs> At that point, and like, this, this is, is great incredible. because I think you hear that line in every campaign. There's yeah, a really, there's, it's almost brilliant, but there are multiple lines that happen where you can literally timestamp. You're like, oh, okay, I know, ex-, like you hear that line and you go, I know exactly where Leon and Sherry and all of them are right at this moment because, like, you'll be in Ada Wong's campaign somewhere else, fucking off, and then you'll hear that over like your cell phone or whatever. I don't remember how. But like, there's multiple times when you're playing the game, and you'll hear Ada Wong is moving down the canals, and you'll be like, "Oh, I, shit! I know where fucking I know where Chris is right now." Even and, and I'm like doing the little river part. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. that's I mean, it's like there are some there are some nuggets there if you're looking really hard. Also, I've played this shit out of this game. So as far as the gameplay goes, which I think is each four of each of these four campaigns have something that's very indicative of the mid to late aughts of video games. And so one of the things that the Leon campaign has is that it has multiple sections where it is almost, it's basically a tower defense section. Uh, it's, it's like when it, if you've played resident evil four and you're in the cabin with, yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, Miguel. Uh, it, that's close. That's gotta, it's gotta be really close. Uh, it's a anyway. Spaniard. Yeah, he's so you're trapped in the in the cabin with him, and it's like somebody, so one of the developers of RE6 was like, "Oh yeah, people really like that section. Let's put like four of those in here <laughs> in Leon's <laughs> section." What did you guys think of that? Was that something you enjoyed? Okay, no, because that was really confusing too. Because that was like the first level of the game was a big section of. I think it was called like the gun shop. And I was like the first thing we played where they just yeah. lock you in like the first you're in the bottom room of the gun shop and enemies are just swarming in the windows and you're just watching as all these nameless NPCs start dying and you rescue a couple of them. Then you move upstairs into the, the second floor of the gun shop and then you move to the rooftop of the gun shop. Then you move to the school bus parked in front of the gun shop before the school bus finally goes. You get in a terrible car accident and all the NPCs die anyways that you just rescued. <laughs> And yeah. we're like, I guess we're moving on. And then it's like they five minutes late off. going through the graveyard where it's probably oh, the yeah, only the graveyard. It's probably the only time in this game where it could probably legitimately be called a horror game. And then you get to the front of the church and then you are defending yourself until somebody opens the door. <laughs> like, Yeah, that was it. It was just until yeah, someone know. opens the door. It, it was All too right. much. It was too much. It yeah. was one of. Okay. It is one of those things that made me drop the game initially because I started the game for the podcast in earnest. And I think I got to that church part and I'm like, fuck this game. <laughs> like if if this is all Leon's campaign is going to be is just tower defense stuff. I I don't care. All right. Well, so Leon's campaign like really blows its load early, I think, because that's the tutorial, right? In the tutorial, yeah. do you go through the helicopter part and everything? Like, no, that's a flat. That's for the. Yeah, that's that was further the epilogue, up. Like you do the beginning, like you do that part again in the story, but you just have Helena not injured this time. I can't remember. Okay, well, I guess it doesn't blow us early then, because that is later on. That's the part you're coming up to, and this is the part where it's like 
at this point, the campaign has been relatively boring and mundane. There's a couple yeah. of funny things that have happened, but as soon as you get out and you do the, all of these chases and you get this helicopter f- fucking cutscene and the Kool-Aid truck, oh my god, Philip, tell him about it. Oh yeah, so I actually put together like a little bit clip thing like we did for a way out of our gameplay of this one. And we go through basically hell of, is this the airplane part? I don't know. Okay, so to sum up, there's like a badass airplane mission where you go from one end of a passenger plane to the cockpit back to the cargo before you eventually crash the plane and survive or something. I don't remember exactly how it happens, but it's great. somehow you guys... This is another one of those moments in the game where everyone sees this plane crash and they're like, hey, Leon's there. As a, Everyone's like, what the As fuck is the plane the crashing? You know what I mean? Resident Evil 6 directed by Jerry Brockheimer. <laughs> so, or Monty Python. So you go from a really awesome level of that and you're like, whoa, things are intense. Things are at like a 10 right now of just the intensity scale. And then they stay at 10 for the next hour of gameplay <laughs> as you crash helicopters, fall through like arenas inside this city. You're being chased by hordes of zombies like poisonous gas. And then like I remember at one point we finally like survive, get away from the explosions for half a second. And Leon just says, was it hell no? Like, you oh, okay? Wait, okay. Dude, legitimately. Okay, so you go through a, a fucking plane crash. All right. A little bit of little bit of quiet. And then all of a sudden, this helicopter falls down, makes a huge hole in the ground. Then a gas tanker truck blows up, blows up the gas line. You're doing a crash (laughs) bandicoot run away from an explosion that's exploding the entire fucking street for some reason slowly. And then in front of you, you see a helicopter and you're like, helicopter. You jump into the helicopter. It's all crazy. You're like, oh, my God. Finally, helicopter was safe. The fucking helicopter pilot turns into a zombie. Oh, no. Then you're like, oh, I gotta fucking fly the helicopter, and Helen is fighting, and then Leon's shooting, and then the helicopter, you crash it into a building, like it's fast and the fucking furious, and you're flying through the fucking office building, and then you go off the other side, you slam into another building, and you're like, I can't, it's gotta be over, and then you're in a chandelier, Leon and Helena fall out, they're like, ah, they fall, like, 28... 50 feet, I don't know, it's like somewhere in the middle of that. And they land on glass, and you're like, what the fuck, glass? There's a glass ceiling? And then the camera pans down, and there's a million zombies underneath them. And you're like, when is it gonna end? And then they look up, and the chandelier is falling with the helicopter on it! And you're like, oh! It's like, it never stops! It's like an hour straight! It's insanity, and I love it. (laughs) Leon... That's when Leon says... You okay? <laughs> fucking amazing. That's got to be the name of the fucking... You okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All my screaming. All my screaming had him had him disconnect. Come in. Let me see here. I think he's here again. Oh, is he? Yes. I don't see him. Oh, there he we're is. We're back. You missed nothing. You missed nothing. You missed me screaming a little bit. Are you there? We all good? All right, we're all, all good. All right, my bad. I don't know. My internet just literally disconnected for some reason happens to oh, me no every episode it's gonna happen to me in probably about 20 minutes all right so all right. leon's mission is Philip still there a lot of fun yeah can you uh, hear me? yeah can you can you see him and hear him no maybe Fucking refresh a. the thing i blame you for this yeah i'm all yeah, good i, I can hear and see you guys you didn't stop yeah, me last... from screaming i screamed for like fucking 20 minutes straight just then fuck i missed the whole tirade about Sick. explosions on explosions you can say i'm a little <laughs> passionate about this game for no reason honestly yeah it's just out of control and then we bump into chris <laughs> who is murderously trying to kill ada and leon's like no i love her or something 
after you know he's basically being rude to every woman he meets. Well, the main thing is that Ada has been like a person that's helped him all the time. And he doesn't know why Chris is trying to kill Ada. He at this point he doesn't even know it's Chris. But he Chris is trying to kill this is good Ada, I'm pretty sure. No, it's bad Ada. Keep in mind anyways. Keep in mind Ada has already tried to kill Leon like twice, and he's still just like, No, that's my girl. Has she? <laughs> Uh, what did she do to to him Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 4 yeah yeah okay I mean like I think she helped him also she's like an agent of chaos a little bit she helped him to help herself she really didn't give a damn if he if he lived or not the uh so the thing in this game is there is a clone Ada you find this out in Leon's campaign you don't really understand what it is like you don't know if this Ada so you see Ada being born as one of these like crystallized zombie things and um, which is funny because all of the crystal zombie things that aren't Ada are hideous fucking abominations of nature. They're freaks. But the Ada one is fucking hot as shit and she's naked and shit. And you're like, oh, cool. At least Ada look, came out all right. So which did never really explained why Ada came out all right. So this Ada clone, uh, the way you can tell them apart, because that sounds confusing, is Ada Wong wears the red just like she always has been wearing. And the fake Ada wears like black and purple in a little bit and she's like clearly got different clothes so that people can like at a glance differentiate if you're looking at bad ada or good ada but at that point you have no idea you're like she's just changing clothes for some reason i don't know but <laughs> so chris is trying to kill ada but it's never explained because no one explains anything to each other because reasons and i i don't i don't think it's like particularly a, a bad decision but chris really i mean ada really or fucking who's the guy we're playing as leon really puts a lot of eggs in the ada basket for sure for someone who is like sometimes good sometimes bad like you don't know what the fuck she's doing yeah uh leon seems like a dummy and this campaign basically ends with um i don't know leon like, I don't even know how to describe like, like <laughs> just Leon being Leon. He basically uh, he gets abandoned by Ada, which leaves him the rocket launcher to blow up the final boss Simmons again. And then he just looks at the camera and goes, women, am I right? And then we cut to black. <laughs> and that's all of Leon's story with his other character. You just missed also there. the what? second best part of his whole campaign. He fights a fucking T-Rex, dude. You have a boss. That T-Rex was there like 20 dog? times. We fought that T-Rex multiple times. No, you didn't. Not as a T-Rex. You fought him as like a, a big asshole. He was like a cheetah mo- monster thing. He turns into, he's like a fucking transformer. You know that transformer arc where they turned into animals? Beast Wars. He's like an animorph. Uh, it's Beast Wars, animorph. that's what it's called. Yeah, he's like an animorph. It's more appropriate because animorphs are dark. I don't know if you guys have ever like looked into the lore of that shit, but... Anyways, so yeah, he, he never turned into a T-Rex. He always turned into multiple different animals. Because at the very end, he turns into a giant fly. With, yeah. like, fucking tentacle arms and shit. So, Which anyway. you then proceed to jam a lightning rod into his eyeball so he can blow up. Pretty metal. Yep. Which is a very Resident similar Evil fight bosses, right? to... I think it's Excella in Resident Evil 5. Where she's just this I'm giant... Like- fly tentacle monster that's on the that's on one of the ships or something like that i don't know it's that recycled sounds, that sounds resident evil yeah for sure oh what, this like, was the wait, what? boss is coming back <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the best this is one campaign too where nave says well this is a video game ass video game as like, that's <laughs> the best way to describe I'm like yeah this feels like devil may cry which is another capcom game i'm pretty sure 
yeah. they're not making Lost Planet, they make Devil May Cry. The original Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I just made that up. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, Devil May Cry used to be Resident Evil 4. That's why it has fixed cameras, and it plays just like Resident Evil, the originals. But then they changed Resident Evil 4 into the third-person shooter because Devil May Cry was too fucking kick-ass and testosterone-fueled and shit. I don't know what the fuck it was all about. But they were like, this is not – this is so not Resident Evil. Let's just make it way not Resident Evil. That's a real story. Right. I'm fucking – I'm telling the truth. You stop looking at me like that. Next campaign. Right. Yeah, so then we were done for the day, and then we played uh, Chris and Pierce <laughs> campaign the next day. And this was my favorite campaign because we we start out with Chris – uh, he's all sad and PTSD because he lost his boys. And I didn't contextualize it until I listened to your episode where you highlighted the theory that Chris is gay and Pierce shows up back in his life like an ex-lover coming in hot. And he's like, I expected yeah. more out of you. Wasting your life. And that made me fall so much in love with it. Like I like all of a sudden it became like almost a romantic comedy of like them reigniting their love together all the way to the end where they finally say goodbye as star-crossed lovers. First of all, I don't want to take credit for that. That was my friend that brought that up, which kind of really ignited my curiosity into wanting to play the game again, uh, which caused me to pick it up and finally finish it. But, dude, I mean, you can't deny it. You can't. It's so much better that way. Like, in it, that yeah. context, it, it's a better story. I, it's so it much, much more sense. I don't know. It's just so much funnier if it's just... Dude, that ending scene where Chris is being rocketed off that submarine, like, I was just waiting for Chris Dude. to, like, press his nipple up against the glass <laughs> and be like, Pierce, don't go. <laughs> what is that fucking movie? Is that Cable Guy? Where yeah. Jim Carrey yeah. does that? Yeah. He's like, oh, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that movie dude i i, I, I don't even know what i was, I was just say, like it's dude. it's undeniable and yeah it, it makes the campaign so much more so much oh. more enjoyable honestly i remember now clearly you guys have never played a yakuza game because i was getting mad fucking yakuza vibes like i was getting mad uh like kiryu and the antagonist of the game fucking vibes because they have the they have bromances at the ends of the, all of these fucking games everyone is so fucking manly they rip their fucking shirts off and they fight to the death and then they hold each other as the other one dies <laughs> and they look at it it's almost like master chief for no reason in halo infinite with tartarus and he's like he's a soldier you know he's like holding him with his dying breath like what are you doing chief and i'm like yes yes hold him hold him and take in his words get his energy I'm like, i don't know what it is but it is i it doesn't make, not that it doesn't make sense it totally makes sense what you guys are saying i understand and it's it is very funny but i just think it's so much funnier in a yakuza way where like they might as well like ah, okay i'm done talking it's just okay so, so stupid. chris is a member of the bsaa the boy scouts of america america and their goal <laughs> is to basically kill all infected and him and the other boys we, we do like a flashback to not russia or as like they <laughs> yeah. are being invaded by mercenaries in that were using uh the c virus which was jake a member of those that mercenary group too or was it a different group no he's part of another because he lives in czechoslovakia or wherever this is taking place and so he became part of the resistance group that was trying to fight against new umbrella this sounds so fucking dumb so, okay, but both sides are using yeah. the C virus. 
to fight each other, right? Or something? Like, it, it's... Whatever. They're injecting themselves with these bioweapons. These bows, as they call them. B-O-W's. Yeah, the bow. Yeah. We see that flashback where Ada, Evil Ada, or Good Ada, I don't remember. Whichever one. Basically kills <laughs> all of Chris's boys. Is it Evil Ada? If it doesn't matter. If it's, if it's super villainous, heinous shit, it's Evil Ada. And if it's sometimes <laughs> bad a little bit, that's a Good Ada. So the only survivor is Chris and Pierce. And then, like, Pierce eventually comes back and gets Chris where he's crying into his beer in this random bar. <laughs> and says, like, we got another job for you. America needs you. We're going to China. It gives so him the fucking, Ch- you're better than this. You are, <laughs> dude, this is why I'm saying, like, he was You're like, Chris Redfield. There's so oh much Yakuza vibes in this fucking game, man. There was one part where a character, like, you even highlighted this in your episode, too, where one character says, quote, Chris is so cool. Like, no, he no. That's not the that quote. It is. He looks. He looks right at fucking Pierce and goes, "Is Chris always this cool?" Oh, is that even it? better? Yeah, yes. Yeah. He asks the question. It's that, a question that's that nobody a soldier that Chris cared so much about. Yes, while everyone else has their helmets on. You know what I mean? Right. And they're fucking nameless. <laughs> they also died. They lost their lives too. Chris, come on. Yeah, Chris has like so, seen like multiple men throughout his missions die, but I, I don't know. I guess Noah was the one that cracked him. To be fair, Pierce does flip through on his iPhone a couple of people. And I'm like, no, Adrian Peterson. No. Yeah, yeah they have their <laughs> names so at the bottom. Important. Showing them baseball know. cards of all their friends. They're fucking, they're <laughs> fucking blood types and shit. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, yeah. man. You Japanese guys right. are funny. Then, you know, finally he convinces him to come out. We got to go get revenge. We got to take down Ada and all these other bioweapons or whatever. I don't remember what the exact reason is, but whatever. So we proceed to then go through like flashbangs, jet planes, car chases, and a underwater Bioshock level. I can't even recap exactly what we all went through in this adventure, but there was so much insane stuff where more soldiers die, by the way. A lot of soldiers die. And each time Chris just gets angrier and angrier. And it's... So weird because yeah. Pierce was angry just turns in the beginning. Off the line. <laughs> yeah. Pierce was so angry with Chris. He's like, you're just going to forget your bros and move on. We were all bros together, bro. And then finally Chris <laughs> is like, he's like, you're right, bro. We're not losing any more bros. And then they proceed and to lose bro more fist. bros. <laughs> like, yeah. Great. <laughs> then they lose more bros until it's just down to Pierce and Chris again. And he loses no, Pierce that in the one end. Guy, that one guy what? lives. Remember the guy that got he, Chris is like, plug in that thing. And the guy's like, okay. And he plugs in and he gets electrocuted. He gets fucking <laughs> oh, 50,000 yeah. <laughs> unstoppable while traveling through his fucking nervous system. And then he falls and collapses on the ground. And then at the end of the fight, he gets back up. And he's like, dude, I'm cool. It's all right. And he picks you up from the ground. He fucking does the army of two lift you up off the... It's, I'm like, this guy is a fucking super soldier. Oh, uh, super, is- super soldiers. Uh, real, real quick. So back in the Leon campaign during the final, not the final boss, the second to final boss with T-Rex Simmons, I think. Oh, this guy. You, you are fighting him on foot and out of nowhere, a Humvee leaps into the battlefield and with a driver that says something like, y'all need some it's help like, or something like that. What's going on in here? Get in. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like a fucking voice actor from House of the Dead. Like no shit. <laughs> Or what is it? Not House of the... It is House of the Dead. The sh- the light gun shooting game. We're like, yeah. come on. We need to go. It's like, oh my God, I love this. So we jump in the Humvees that have turrets on them. And then we're using the turrets to shoot the T-Rex. And This dude is awesome. doing like nine point turns at 80 miles an hour. Going in reverse. <laughs> spinning. He's driving in reverse. Like, uh, outrunning a T-Rex while machine guns are shooting at him. It's like, what? 
And it's then only it's a like, matter of time guy, until Fast and Furious incorporates a T-Rex chase. Absolutely. If they can go to Dude. space, they can fight Jurassic Park people. Jurassic Park, fi- uh, Fast and the Furious. Fuck it. Final Fantasy also. Crossover. All of that shit. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Well... This fucking dude is the best driver in the fucking Boy Scouts of America, America, until he dies unceremoniously when the car explodes. And 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 then Leon and Helen are like, ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just we just move on. <laughs> do but the third like, phase of the fight. The funniest thing, too, is that there is a driving section in Chris's fucking campaign. Of course there fucking is. And Pierce drives the car, and he's like, I'm the best driver of the BSAA. And in my head canon, it was like... You were second best until that fucking dude died to the T-Rex. That guy was the best driver in the BSAA. And now you got promoted, you fucking asshole. <laughs> you don't even know his name. Well, there's the know. whole the whole jet section of Chris's campaign where you're flying the jet <laughs> around the boat. <laughs> it's oh, my like, God. The God. fucking Halo vehicle section. I'm like, this, they it's got so everything. It doesn't it's even control here. well, but it's like, I don't know. I guess so. Like, this is how we have to escalate things. We're... Like what else? Where else do you go except for outer space? I guess. No, I'll tell you where you go. You go under the sea to an underwater volcano, where you find oh a. I mean, what is that thing? It's like a squid, Dude. baby. Yeah, it's like skeleton? a baby squid skeleton thing. Yeah, with the fucking skull face. But it's like a you know, it's like something from Super Mario Sunshine mixed with uh. Uh, what is that? Eternal <laughs> Darkness Sanity's Requiem? Is that the fucking game? Those two games had a baby. <laughs> and that baby grew up reading uh, fucking uh, Cthulhu Man. I, why do I no, I've never remember this fucking guy's Lovecraft. name? Lovecraft. HP yeah. Lovecraft. Grew up reading it looks HP like a Dark Lovecraft Souls boss, kind of. It does. It does. <laughs> it Except for the sound effects. Bloodboard. Because this thing yeah. uses the sample of a chimp noise in its sound oh effects. My God! Does it? It is legitimately at the end of the fight. Whenever what's Pierce loses his arm and everything. Okay, this thing when you shoot it, it, it like fall. It goes into a cocoon, and when you break it out of the cocoon, for some reason, I don't know if this was a bug. I don't know if we were hacked. We had fucking Joker laughing gas, scarecrow, fucking Batman villain shit happening to us. But every single time we heard, ah, 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 and I was like, what? <laughs> I don't remember this. I don't remember this. I have to go back and listen to that. It it cycled multiple times because I think we have to. We might have lost like twice fighting that guy. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't lose twice. I ran. We like we didn't know we were supposed to break him out of the cocoon, so we just sat there and fucking shot him. And I, you don't have ammo in that in that part because you (laughs) lost your arm. You have a fucking. uh, You have a piccolo fucking uh, special Special beam beam cannon. cannon. Yeah, Yeah. special (laughs) beam cannon. And uh, but the uh, Chris Redfield runs out of ammo, and so I was like knifing him, and I'm like, what are we supposed to do? And you know, he has like. Uh, kidney stones that you have to shoot. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. All right, real quick to go with Pierce losing his arm. Before we got to that segment, you have you've already you beat the crap out of this game way back in the day, and we were yeah. walking along just under seats, and I, like I think we were in like a quick time event where like I like fell over and almost lost like a leg or something, and yeah. you said something along like what did you say? Like, I said uh, I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if one of our characters in this game lost a limb? And you immediately go, "That's probably way more interesting than whatever the hell is going to happen in this campaign, man." And then I'm just in my head going, "Someone's yeah. going to lose a limb." Next thing, Pierce gets his arm cut off, and he stabs himself with the C virus to no, not Chris, Dude. Pierce, and stabs himself with the C virus to save Chris. Grows a giant mutant tentacle special beam cannon arm that he then uses to force lightning. 
the baby skeleton. You are you. Sometimes you gloss over the funniest little, the smallest little fucking details that are the funniest shits, dude. Because the way he loses his arm is so fucking heinous, dude. Okay, the fucking baby Dark Souls fucking creature grabs him by his arm, yanks him around like a fucking toddler shaking baby syndrome thing, right? Like he, like every bone in his arm is broken at this point. Like it's obvious. And then he throws him. He sl- like Pierce slams into a shipping container, slides down. His arm gets fucking sm- like there is like a sharp piece of metal, and he c- cuts his arm all in the fucking metal. And then another shipping container falls on his arm. Like fucking seven things happens to his arm in rapid succession. And I'm like, that, yep, yep. <laughs> every single fucking time something else That'll hit his it. arm. It is so good. It's so funny. I'll never yeah. forget this game. I don't know if you guys have noticed. <laughs> the, I fucking the thing that gets I me am. is at the end they have that very heartwarming scene where they're leaving one another, but <laughs> the entire mention or the entire point of their mission at this point in the in the campaign. I don't know if I don't know if you mentioned it, but. They're supposed to rescue Sherry and Jake, who've been captured by Neo Umbrella because Jake uh, essentially has the uh, serum in his blood to cure the C-virus. And so they rescue Jake and Sherry. So why the fuck does Chris, or no, not Chris, but why does Piers stay behind even though they have a cure? (laughs) I don't know. It's completely unnecessary. I don't think I, everyone's I think I like said well that. if you look at him, he is a abomination. I'm like, even if they cure this dude, this guy is gonna be he's not gonna be looking too good. <laughs> he's gonna be a freak. I don't know what they're gonna do about this guy. Because I don't think the cure is gonna like, you know, magically like he's a like he's an animorph. Just you turn think him he's back. Too far gone already? Yeah, I think that's what he thinks. I mean, I don't know. Because the well the thing I what I thought he could you were end up with the Sherry like, situation where like he's cured, he but powers. also he yeah, but also he has powers. Yeah, see, maybe because yeah, maybe he Sherry just turns also, into fucking Raiden and just starts shooting electricity all over the place. <laughs> yeah, he just becomes the fucking protector of Earthrealm. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> fucking son of Odin, protector of Earthrealm. I mean, like, I it, it's Resident Evil, man. I mean, maybe, you're right. Like, you're totally right. That could have probably something happened, but they needed Chris to lose one more bro. <laughs> He lost – that was his whole <laughs> – yeah. his whole arc was a straight line and then just a fucking straight – and then it was straight down. Like it never goes up. It doesn't arc in any way. It is just well, – no. he lost people and he's like, I don't want to lose any more people. And then he goes through the whole game losing – I guess he's not an alcoholic anymore. <laughs> That's the fucking arc. <laughs> but he still lost everyone. Everyone around him died. Like it's – well, I think I made the remark in my like episode where like I don't know what's worse, being an alcoholic or eating – uh, a, a bar breakfast bar in a breakfast. dive bar. Yeah. <laughs> fucking the Which, breakfast sampler that comes with a fucking T-bone steak. <laughs> you know, <it's> like so. <laughs> we didn't mention, but at the end, now that, you know, Chris is all alone, he's lost all his boys. He's sitting there eating a steak breakfast. Another military dude walks in and says, you got to call. We got to finish the fight. And he's like, another mission. All right. Just stands up, leaves his food behind. He's like, yeah, I'm back in the up business. Fucking, straight up Avengers uh, end game, end credits, post credit scene, whatever. It's like fucking, yeah. okay. It's so corny. I'm like, the whole time we're playing this, I'm like, is this what the Japanese think the American military is like? No <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> you think, oh, you think they're hamming it up? 
You don't think that they yeah, think that? Dude, that is so unrealistic. No one can believe that's real. No one's actually like that. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe. Like, okay, so in the Air Force, we got some blue dudes that, you know, drink the Kool-Aid. But even the bluest dude isn't as a patriotic as Chris Redfield. <laughs> oh, let's, we gotta, we gotta move on. We need <laughs> we to move this. on to the next one. All right, so Sherry and Jake, this was probably the, like, okay, so. Oh God, this is my favorite like, campaign. Yeah, so Leon's was probably the most Resident Evil-ish of them, I guess. The second one, career, uh, Chris, is probably the funnest Leon one. Kennedy. I think. Yeah. And this third one is probably the most interesting one because we have interesting characters. Because we have, first off, Soldier for Hire, Wesker Jr., Jake. And I'm like, whoa, or this Leon is Wesker Kennedy son? the second. Because <laughs> he just acts like Leon Kennedy, kind of. Pretty much. Yeah, Leon he also and, looks like you're having like a cool off, you know, who, who's <laughs> got the cool bigger dudes. dick. Yeah. It's like the funniest thing is I was like in the Chris campaign, I'm like, it's just Resident Evil 5 again. And then in the in the uh, Sherry and Jake campaign, I'm like, is this just like a mashup of all of Leon's greatest hits? Like, it's just this guy's just going through Leon's motions right now. I don't even know. I don't know. You know, the greatest hits is definitely it, though, because we go to like an old mansion. We go to do we go to the graveyard. I don't know if you go to the graveyard in Jake. No, I don't you, think so. They oh, don't go you, to you go to Europe. That was it. You're in Eastern Europe. That's his other greatest hit. So you got Mansion, you, have, you got... You have the Mr. X guy fall. They even do a fucking tongue-in-cheek, look at the camera, the office, you know, wink-wink joke about... He's like, uh, the first time you meet up with Leon and then you fight the boss, you're fighting, you know... Uh, Urgancha. What is his name? Ustanak. I was like, I remember it starts with an Of course, how can you forget Ustanak? I know, right? It is haunt me in my dreams, his fucking face. Yes, but... <laughs> There's Mr. X, there's Nemesis, yeah. and then, of course, Ustanak. Classic Resident <laughs> Evil. Uh -oh. But that Jeez is what God. he is. He is the stand-in for the Nemesis and the fucking Mr. X. And they, whenever they first fight it, uh, Jake specifically goes, don't even try and fight this guy because he's invincible. He just keeps following us around. And then Leon goes, uh, welcome to the party. And I'm just like, get it? Get it? It's like Resident <laughs> Evil, guys. Yeah, <laughs> the bosses never die. The bosses never die in Resident Evil seriously right. <laughs> like never they never right, die dialogue interjection another fantastic dialogue exchange here where this is after uh they've been fighting for a little bit like sherry and jake are working together this is after europe they've made it i think to the research facility maybe where they were captured or something like that at one point jake just looks over at sherry and says you ever hear of albert wesker and sherry just looks back at him and goes what what <laughs> <And then> it's <laughs> just <laughs> It's the funniest like, even thing. though we're like everyone knows who Wesker is. Like yeah. he's he's the he's the guy. Yeah, you ever heard of a man called Adolf Hitler? <laughs> like, where is this going? <laughs> and they don't they don't resolve that. Like he she doesn't answer him. She doesn't go on to explain that we all know who his dad is, and Chris was making eyes with his dad and then making eyes with him whenever he showed up. Like Yeah. Well, God. Chris at that point did not know that he was the son of Wesker. So it's Sherry, it, Sherry and him basically find out at the same time, I think, or Sherry maybe knows the whole time. Anyway, Sherry tells Leon and Leon tells Chris. And that's why the next time they meet. So the first time they meet, they're like, you know, kind of, they don't know each other. They're kind of, you know, being masculine, Chris, angry people at each other. Yeah, I mean, but the Chris, time, a comment. Chris makes a comment where he's like, do I know you from somewhere? Implying that, Jake looks like Wesker, which I never 
thought until like the very end of the game when Jake puts on the the sunglasses. Ah! Oh god, the sunglasses is so great. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> ah, it's so dumb. All right, and then he drives off into the sunset on a motorcycle in the desert, and I'm just like, what? Ah. <laughs> like I just don't like my fucking speech. Part of my brain just shut off an hour ago. Like I'm just like communicating with grunts and hands fucking gestures i don't know i'm like back into my lizard brain but oh no what was i even saying yeah never mind i finished my thought they know the second time they run into each other that wesker is the son but they don't know the first time which one interesting part is like at one point you do the four player little like battle level and you get split up in between or you can be split up in between two groups and so that's what this is cool was it two by two was that eight different no hold on Quick math. How many different four combos can there be? It could either four be Chris. It'd be, it could be the original duos on both sides, or it could yeah, be okay, it could be Chris. It could be the the player one, player two, or the player two, player one, like the opposites. Okay. Yeah, and so we played through that part twice because it's the same level in each campaign. And yeah. the first time we went, Chris and uh, Wesker Junior. Uh, Jake, I forget his name. Wesker Junior. and Chris went together and. I don't remember what they said, but they had like personal dialogue between they them were, whenever they were alone. They were arguing with. So this that was the interesting thing. When you're going up, everyone can hear each other talking. And so each different combination has their own unique dialogue exchange. Like it's only like six lines of dialogue and that's it. Like it's not like anything pro- like profound. You're not missing out. But yeah, so Chris and Wesker Jr., they are pissed off at each other. And then Sherry and Pierce... Uh, are like are like dang they're kind of mad at each other huh you know what i mean and that's kind of it yeah now the other way around is way more chill like nothing really happens there's they just kind of comment on each other's shit but i mean that's still kind of cool that that's programmed in there and i'm pretty sure that's the only time in the whole campaign where you can get separated in different groups like you can you can go out of your way to choose to not go on the same elevator like you can be like that Every other time, you get separated, like, specifically in a scripted way. Like, uh, when Sherry and Leon get separated during the first Ursanak fight, it's because Helena boosts Leon over the fucking thing, and then, you know, Sherry gets boosted. But it's like, that's super weird, too, because every other time you boost, it's Leon boosting Helena. But But in that specific instance, Helena boosts Leon. I don't know why, just so for Leon and Sherry to have a conversation, I guess, but... We're getting into right. the weeds now. <laughs> yeah, Keith, do you have anything to say about Sherry and Jake? Other than just liking their story, again, I feel like it's very <clears throat> much a retread of everything that came before it. Uh, it it's like you said, like a, a, this game does a lot of Resident Evil's greatest hits, but instead of it being scary, it's just action. It's all action. What? Are oh, you talking yeah. about the part where the tank busts through the mansion and you get on the dirt bike and drive yeah. past it while <laughs> it's shooting at you? To fight the fucking literal tank shooting at you? <laughs> like, it's like, what? You thought this game wasn't scary? Or the part you got, was it snowmobiles into the volcano or something? I don't remember. How? We got to a volcano at one point where you fight Ursanak or whatever hand to hand. No, that's that? The th- that was awesome. I'm just like, Okay, Ustanak is supposed to be like this unstoppable bioweapon a la Nemesis or whatever. But then, so this thing is like completely unstoppable. You're like firing rockets at it and everything. And it's just, it's not dying. But they're inside of like this, um, like a smelting factory or something. 
And it's like I episode think, three Star so, Wars, you know, they're on Mustafar. And Jake is, is fist fighting Ustanak, and apparently rockets don't kill Ustanak, but fists are good enough. <laughs> oh my god, I have a beautiful screenshot from the cutscene where he punches Ustanak right in the mouth. It is so great. This shit is straight out of Yakuza. You guys think I'm fucking playing around? All right, this cutscene I was going to bring up if you guys didn't. Or not cutscene. This boss fight where you go, hey, you go fucking mono e mono. Like seriously, you're fighting this giant dude, and the whole fight, right? So you fall down onto this place, then Usnok falls down. You drop your pistol, right? Both of you drop your pistol. I don't know why Sherry drops her pistol. She's fucking clumsy. Sorry. Like, I don't know what the fuck she like. It's like oops. It's gone that too. And you're like, oh no, the gun I never used because I have so much ammo for all my better guns. But you have no more guns now. Now this is the thing. Oh boy, Ustanak, big fucking show, drops down. The pistol's right at his feet. He stares Jake right in the fucking eyes, right at his face. And he kicks the fucking pistol into the lava like it's fucking diehard. Bro, this fucking guy is like, fight me now. Like, it is the, it is, there is this scene in Yakuza 5 slight spoiler but a character breaks out of prison in in the it's in the middle of winter it's a snowstorm he goes into the woods and a giant grizzly bear is like fist fight me and you beat a grizzly bear's ass with your hands and it is the fuck i love this shit it is so fucking funny this wwe you're going nowhere i'm like dude i swear to god i love this fucking shit till the day i die i'm all about this I love how okay, excited and you are finally, about this game. I know. <laughs> I, I don't it. know why. I do not know why I'm so hyped, dude. In the cheer, every, time I, every time I talk What's about up? this game, and I, I kind of talk it talk about it in the same reverence as, as you, and every time like the person I'm I'm telling this shit to, they're like, Man, Resident Evil 6 sounds really awesome. I'm like, that's not my intention. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, God. you're trying to ward him off. What is that one thing? Uh, oh, there was a comedian that was like uh, talking about weed, and it's like weed is terrible. Like, oh man, marijuana is terrible. It makes you super happy, and all of a sudden you're not anxious anymore. They're like, what? That makes me want to try. It. No, don't do it. You start thinking about a whole bunch of cool shit that you never would have thought of before. <laughs> you start seeing things from different points of view, and you're like, man, that fucking sounds great. I don't remember who it was. I obviously right, butchered it too. Cherry on top. Uh, at the end, Usnok needs one more bullet to kill him. Cherry pulls out her pistol, but oh her God. aim is all over the place. <laughs> so then yeah. in one last co-op moment, Jake reaches out to hold her hand steady so she can pull the trigger. Kiss. Yes. Only they don't kiss. They don't kiss. There was Very more sad. chemistry between Pierce and Chris at the end. <laughs> than there was. I fucking <laughs> absolutely knew you were about to say that. God damn it. <laughs> He's like, Pierce, no, this is an order. Unlock this door. And he's like, I'm sorry, Captain, it's too late now. Or something. I don't think he says anything. I think he's like, I think he's more like, because he's a fucking <laughs> mutant. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, victory lap with Ada. This is where we find out all the backstory that Ada clone is actually Carla, who was a lab assistant, maybe, or... Yep. significant other but not significant other of simmons the secretary of defense who killed the president yeah who... so she's got got like a scorched earth like scarred lover hardened lover whatever the fuck it's called at one point on, kind of yeah a woman scorned that, that's it and she basically wants to unleash chaos and burn the world 
because also she has like a voice transmuter that turns her voice into Simmons' voice. So I guess some of Simmons' things that you heard are sometimes not. But it's like Simmons is still a bad guy and he's still doing bad things. So it's like why mm-hmm. even introduce that to the fucking story? Was that simply only for Ada? If not, why why would you do that and confuse us? Because now we're like, how much of Simmons is actually super evil? Is he actually doing something good, just trying to kill Leon because he thinks they're bad guys? Does he genuinely think that, or is it because bad Ada made everyone think that? Because it seems like Simmons is doing bad shit. Is it enemy of my enemy? Th- I mean, like, this is dumb. This game is it's dumb. It's bad. It's bad. You're going to hurt yourself <laughs> thinking about it. I am getting actively dumber the more we talk about it. Dude, that was just it. As we were playing the game, by this point, we were m- more than 15 hours in because I don't remember how long it took us to beat this game. But this was where our brains were melting and we were beginning to have just like a disassociation to our gaming environments. Like you were in the submarine and it was like a door <laughs> was on the wall with an upside down sign or something. And you're like, okay, the submarine is supposed to be tipped on its side at this point. It's supposed to be on the right side, but for some reason we're moving towards the nose and the doors are all on the wrong side for us to be on this lateral side. And then you start like pointing out like, what do these hatches even go to? Like, it is, I am seriously, if you look on our Twitch channel, we have a highlight of me. I am going fucking I am losing my mind over this. I'm like, what is this? This is a hatch. This is on the floor. And Philip's like, no, dude, hatches go on floor sometimes. But I'm like, but there's a hatch over here. And it, the comedic timing is so funny because I jump through the door because the door's tilted sideways because we're on our side, right? I jump through the doorway and then I go, but what is this? And Philip jumps through the door and looks at it and goes, Huh. And there's a hatch <laughs> on the wall. But it but the way it is is it would be above imagine this listener, all right? Look at your door. I know you're in a room somewhere, right? Look at your door. Now imagine you're in a two-story like like it's a two-story tall like your roof is really high. Now imagine almost to the ceiling there's another door up there. But it, where does it go? What does it do? Like, like no there's... access ladders or anything. It's just attached to almost the ceiling. But there's another one on the ceiling, a little yes. bit away from it. And so, so you're like, like you... there's a lot of hatches. Uh, I'm like, is this it's, a, it's spaceship? a little bit of detail that could break that kind of immersion that they were going for? And I don't mean immersion as like a pun because you're in the ocean. Sorry about that. But <laughs> that was a good pun. Uh, that was like the counter the counter that yeah when i watched that clip when uh you guys said that to me i was like yeah no i could understand why this legitimately would break a person (laughs) (laughs) there's a little there's a part a little bit later on like this is post me screaming about the fucking logistics of the fucking submarine i don't know why i got so caught up on it but we got hit there are these like enemies that are like bugs and they can get on you, and it kills you really fast. But anyway, I'm like, I get killed real fast, and I'm just like, <laughs> Phil, please, just go on without me. I, just go on. You can go, you can do it. Philip picks me up, and then he instantly gets killed by the same enemy. And I'm walking, and I'm like, I'm coming, buddy. And then I kick, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what buttons I'm pushing. <laughs> I'm like, I just need you up, please. We're just barely limping through the last fucking limping campaign. through the victory lap. Yeah. God. This part was rough. The the Carla thing, so stupid. Stupid. Yeah, what did you think about oatmeal Carla? Dude, she turned into the fucking Stay Puffed Man. <laughs> and then her faces were everywhere. There okay, there's a really funny fucking part in, in the in the clips that we got also where 
every single time in this area, just this area, nowhere else in Ada Wong's campaign, there are doors that are co-op doors, kind of. But, I mean, they are co-op doors. But... I mean, the, the way that they're triggered are co-op doors. So every single time you open it, there is a cutscene where Ada opens the door, looks into the room she just came from, because in every other campaign, a co-op partner runs through the door. But there's no co-op partner, or there's not supposed to be one. So she opens the door, looks into that room, then stands there for a second, and then closes the door. And every single time, my character model is standing wherever it was, just stuck there. And then he teleports like he's fucking Goku into the fucking room. It is it's so funny. And it happens over and over and over and over again in this campaign. Ada Wong has a grappling hook, as you see a million times in the campaign. Well, every time she grapples, the random soldier doesn't have an animation for the grapple hook. So he just, te- wherever you're at, you just instantly <laughs> teleport away into wherever that, she is. <laughs> that is fascinating because I, like I said, I played this game completely solo, which was absolutely awful. It fucking sucked. The AI is hot trash. And I didn't even think about the Ada campaign because, yeah, that is she's by herself the entire time. I didn't even think about what the hell multiplayer would even look like. In it is campaign. so funny because so she, stupid. when she intersects with people's campaigns, uh, it's like there's every single cutscene only has Ada in it. I mentioned this before because it makes Ada look schizophrenic when you are in a multi, you get into a cross multiplayer area and you're Ada's talking to like uh, Helena and Leon, and then all of a sudden, just boop, I'm in the background somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, oh, there I am. <laughs> over there just standing randomly just looking (laughs) off into the distance i might as well be t-posing it's so goofy (laughs) it's the funniest thing ever because he has no animations he has no i'm pretty sure he's just like a mercenaries mode skin right like because they added this later on because people were like people were complaining because ada didn't have co-op and they were just like ah fuck it just put a dude in there i guess that's what they want Uh uh-uh. like he's like uh, i don't know well i think the main thing is that it made ada's <laughs> campaign harder because there was never anyone there to revive you so that whole campaign was like you get killed you're done you just die so like on the hardest difficulty i could see how that would be hard but i mean like still it is the most immersion breaking thing i've ever seen in a fucking video game ever like you there is no way you can play this game and not scream laughing over and over again at the dumb fucking situations that happen because this character has no animation. You cannot interact with anything as this character. You can't activate puzzles. You can't pick, pick up doors. key items. Can't, can't. The funniest thing is Ada Wong has a bow. They didn't even give this guy a bow. And multiple times, bolts drop for her crossbow. And you can't pick them up. You just can't. It's just like on the ground. I'm like, man, I wish that was fucking rifle ammo so I could you know, shoot the zombies I'm supposed to be shooting. Who did this to me? Like, you know what I mean? And multiple times, I'm just like, you have a, you will have a chain of fucking, you will like, uh, grapple hook like eight times back to back, and I'm like, why am I even here? Because I take two steps and then I'm instantly teleported again. I'm just like, uh, I'm just gonna set the controller down and cook myself some ramen noodles before I fucking literally go insane. All right, Keith. Any notes on Ada? Man, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So uh, just to bring back, we did not play the multiplayer mode besides dealing with a few invaders. And we invaded a little bit too. And this, you take control of a basic zombie enemy, which 
It's really funny. Like I almost imagine like what this would yeah. be like in Dark Souls. <clears throat> Instead of being your fully kitted out character, you just come in as an undead skeleton. Be like, yeah. well, good luck, bro. You're going to die in two hits, but maybe you'll get him in a stun lock. The best fucking part is everyone is so fast. Like you sprint at like three times mock speed. And and the animation is so goofy and awkward for every single character because you're never really watching the fucking zombies you're not like observing them. So ha- being the model, having the model right there in front of you as you're sprinting, like, uh, uh, like a fucking wacky waving inflatable arm flailing <laughs> tube man at fucking Leon just to get fucking 360 no scope and kicked in the face, like then, then you die instantly. It's so funny. But the best part about this mode is the music when you're playing. Do you know the crab rave meme where it's like the fucking crabs are dancing and it's like it's like fucking it's 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 like rave music playing when you're playing as these goofy zombies. Yeah. There I don't even know what this game is. I don't know how this game exists. This, I didn't this even thing know is a this mode even existed. I this is new so you can so when you start up the game you can can you just go into this and decide, like, yeah, I'm gonna. You can enable it. Yeah. yeah well, in or... the co- in the campaigns, when before you start, you there is a toggle that turns off and on agent hunt mode, and I think by default it's off because it's yeah. annoying. So people have to actively opt in to get like invaded like this, which we did after Leon's campaign. I don't mm-hmm. think we did it in Leo's campaign, but as you would imagine, there's not a whole lot of people you know playing this game that but, was my other question i'm like how many people are actually online to even invade i mean we did when we invaded we found matches like almost immediately like there are people with this turned on for some reason wow. but um okay. one of them we lost like pretty hard because it's very hard to kill them both times we both ended up in the same game too you can't invade together you have to just separately queue up but um the second game they just left the game and we got booted out so we were just like oh all right, well, that's fine, I guess. We did get invaded multiple times, though. And one time they were successful. They killed the shit out of Philip. Mm, I don't remember this. I don't think I was there. <laughs> yeah. You, well, your fucking mic was muted, so I don't. I couldn't communicate with you. But it was like in one of those. It was in Chris Redfield's campaign. We were in the underwater, underground ocean area, and uh, it was one of those holdout areas. Like you might remember this area, but. It's uh, there's a bunch of conveyor belts and levers everywhere, and if if the <laughs> oh, zombies so weird, the zombies will go and pull the lever, and it will spawn like the fucking crazy super zombies, the crystalid boys, right? Well, you can. The funny thing is, you can also pull those levers. Like, and the game does not tell you what's gonna happen if you pull the levers. So if you pull one of the levers, you're gonna just spawn fucking badasses right off the bat. But yeah, so somebody invaded us there, and Philip, you got cornered and just absolutely brutally fucking murdered by this fucking dude before I could even do anything. I didn't even realize you were about to die. I didn't know you were in mortal danger. I was just off on my own doing my own thing. Because the thing is, is if you're a human with agency, like in this game, you go down but not out like in Gears of War, and you have to – your partner has to – one of two things happens. Either your partner goes over there and you know heals you. And picks you up or there's a little bar that like slowly fills up and if the bar fills up all the way then you just stand back up like you just have to survive to get pick yourself back up i think that was the only reason that's in the game is because ada wong's campaign was single player originally so that was like the only way to balance it but now it's not single player so it doesn't even fucking matter who cares anyway it's like um why do i know so much about this game uh, this this game is killing me and we need to stop talking about it. 
All right. So I put in a note about comparing it to other Resident Evils, but I feel like we did that enough this pod. Are you guys ready to take a break? And it's then hard to final not words? do that. Yeah. Is that a know, any other meat points, Keith? <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, we'll we'll get to our our final words, I guess. Apparently, okay. so I'll, I'll save it. For Sounds that. good. Yeah. And then the music plays. Bum 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 bum. Fucking edit in the fucking. Go back, get the music from that fucking game mode, and make that our break music. <laughs> this fucking you know, it's so- music. I actually have on iTunes, you can get the soundtrack from a lot of these Capcom games. Capcom is fantastic about putting their soundtracks out. And yeah. the Resident Evil Revelations actually shares soundtracks with 6 and 5 for their mercenary modes. And there's a couple of ones that are like, that are just called like Raid Mix and stuff like that, that are, I have just saved on my iTunes. They're just like, weird ambient music. It is this EDM music that's just bumping. And we're back. Not like it's not like Streets of Rage Four, but I mean, I appreciated it. Yeah, it's no chow right. time. So we'll start with you, Keith, because I feel like we've been running over you this whole episode. No, it's well, probably your... the most I've ever talked in any episode ever. I don't, and it's fucking about this game, of course. This is how well, badly it scarred it. I had to get it out. Resident Evil Six. It's like stop talking, this, Dave. This game Dave, was like an talking. exorcism. <laughs> I'm glad stop. at least one of us is passionate about Resident Evil Six. <laughs> Is there like a uh, like an infamous famous? Because I'm not passionate. I am like something's wrong. I got to get it out. It's a zealot. Because I I feel like I'm biased because I didn't. Well, maybe no. Fuck that. I'm not biased. You're biased. Um, I, <laughs> I played this for the first time last year. So, and I played it in the context of having played all of the other ones before it. And so for me, I just I fucking hate Resident Evil six. It's not a Resident Evil game. And like I said, I felt like if it was called something else and it came out with like maybe if the characters looked slightly different, it may be named differently and the game was called something else. It probably would just be fine, but also nothing, especially gameplay wise, like there's nothing particularly special about it at all and the story's fucking terrible it there's a reason why resident evil 7 goes kind of like goes back to the drawing board um yeah it, in the context of the series resident evil 6 is hot trash so that's just <laughs> kind of where i am all right outside of the series though not bad huh i mean yeah <laughs> Like I said, every time I talk about this game, people are just like, that sounds fucking awesome. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're kind of right. I I don't know. I would say play Chris's campaign and then that's all you really need to do. I have I have a I can go into final words here. My main thing. I have a similar series where because I think you're right. You're probably very passionate about Resident Evil. Because you're definitely coming at this game. I used to. From, I had no idea I would never be passionate about Resident Evil, but after doing the series, um, I, I kind of really like Resident Evil. I Resident Evil Six yeah. is like such a weird fucking oddity. I, I I guess I have a weird appreciation for it, but I still do not like it. 
the uh, so I have a I have a similar series where or I mean a similar situation with a series where there is a game that is not particularly bad, but I absolutely fucking hate it because of how different it is from the games that came before it. In this series, this case, it is the singular game, and that is Dragon Age. Where Dragon Age Origins is this fucking love letter fucking game that I absolutely love. I've played it like 11, 13 times, 12, 27. Throw it out, throw out some numbers, some big ones. That's how many times I've been in this fucking game. I love it. But when Dragon Age 2 came out, I was on the fucking front lines. I started playing it right when it came out. And I, in, I was going to say infamously, but I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. But I always tell people that Dragon Age 2 is just Dynasty Warriors with a shitty dialogue system. And I hated the entire gameplay loop. I hated the fuck. I was upset that it wasn't like an RPG hardcore like it was before. I was like, it wasn't like Mass Effect where it kind of gradually became an art, a fucking shooter, or, or even Resident Evil that just slowly, gradually became an art action game. It abruptly, like from it from hardcore like D and D kind of game to is this is just a hack and slash game where you can just mindlessly go through all of these copy pasted fucking environments it is like it feels very low effort like in in re- relation to the original games i feel whenever i hear you talk about this resident evil 6 i kind of get the same vibe because i will never forgive dragon age 2 for what it did to my baby boy you know i hated that game so much pat it's not as bad now i'm like okay it's fine you know people like that game i understand but <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I hate it. I, as far as I didn't even, oh, go for it. I was just going to say, you said you you use the word mindless, and that's exactly what Resident Evil 6 is. <laughs> There's nothing about Resident Evil in this game except for just the characters. There's no puzzles, no nothing. You are literally just walking down corridors, shooting the shit out of everything you see. No questions asked, nothing. You just shoot, which... You don't consider the puzzle... You love that type... If you love that type of game, that's awesome. But to me, it's just like, I, why am I playing this? Don't you don't know. consider it, uh, oh, no, this door's locked. I need three different symbols, and they're just over there. <laughs> like, you don't <laughs> think that's a puzzle? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that was a brain buster for us. I don't know. Yeah, so as far as Resident Evil 6 is concerned, I'm a huge fan of the whole Resident Evil series. As a kid, I was playing these games as they were come as they were. I mean, not as they were coming out because I was way too young. But I experienced Resident Evil 2 on the Nintendo 64. Uh, you know, Resident Evil 1 on the GameCube. And then after a while, I got back into the series as I was a little older and I could, you know, competently play video games. And this is a game where I just particularly, for some reason, remember the lore. Like I don't know why. I just know so much about it. But it's in my brain. This and Mortal Kombat, just for no fucking reason. I can tell you a bunch of random fucking crazy trivia shits about almost every character in Mortal Kombat sucks. I don't, and it could be used for my brain space. It needs, it needs to be cleansed. I need to wipe the hard drive, like Philips Xbox. Um, so, Sometimes people just need to know about the Kami Dogu daggers, you know. <laughs> the fuck the don't I don't want to talk about the Kami Dogu. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the okay, so Resident Evil Six. I clearly have a very fond soft spot for this game, and it's because I was definitely in that zeitgeist of this game. This game, it uh, it definitely disappointed a whole lot of people. But at this point, whenever I had already played Resident Evil 5, I'd played all of the Resident Evils at this point, whenever this game came out. And I'd played Resident Evil 5, and what a lot of people experienced with 6, I had already experienced with 5, where I was like, this game is not resident evil i fucking hated five 
I was like, it's it's terrible. And I also played it solo the first time I played it. I was like, I don't understand. It's like Resident Evil 4, but worse in every single conceivable way. And I'm like, I'm I besides graphics, it looks better. And even some places look worse than Resident Evil 4. Like I, it's like aesthetically, but it's like. I, I, but whenever Philip and me played this game, Resident Evil 5, I'm referring to now, in co-op, I was like, okay, Resident Evil's dead to me. This is now the fucking co-op thing. Like, I think that this is amazing, me and Philip just being really stupid. It's similar to when Dead Space got the multiplayer in the, the co-op mode in Dead Space 3. You cannot – horror and multiplayer do not go together unless it's like asymmetrical, someone's trying to kill you, uh, you know, kind of thing. Whenever you can, like, manipulate at any point – you, you, the whole entire horror atmosphere is gone. So there's no point. I think there's no point at all trying to like find that in a game something like this. Like you remember, Philip? There's this moment in a in an elevator where we do the little comms thing, and they put their hand to their ear and they're talking to somebody, and they gave us control. So we're just spinning in circles, just walking. <laughs> and I'm like, why do we have control right now? Like it's like, why did they let us? Why didn't they just teleport us to the top? Ugh. It could have been a cutscene if they needed to. Yeah, it's okay. The game is horrible. If you're looking for this a serious uh, uh, outing, like if you're looking for something intellectual, this is not it. This is definitely the Michael Bay fucking Marvel Disney. Like this, this shit is not going to evoke any any deep thought. But if you're looking for something really, really, (laughs) really stupid to play with your buddy that is just going to like smoke a bowl, get a, get a glass of whiskey, kick back and watch a bunch of explosions and really stupid shit happen. Like these guys are multiple times. Their internal organs get turned into jelly like throughout the campaign. (laughs) I'll say, yeah, that from what it sounds like, this is probably much more fun if you're playing with a friend as somebody who played it solo. Do not, do that to yourself there's <laughs> no point there's no point playing it by yourself unless you unless you can entertain yourself i guess i don't know because i feel like i mean i've literally never played this game solo like every single time i played with somebody else like i show this game to people and they're like i always go to Chris, uh, leon's campaign where i was screaming for 15 minutes straight about then the street <laughs> explodes then the hel- plane falls and crashes then the helicopter blows up then they fall to their almost death i'm like Every time I show people that mission, they're like, "I gotta fucking see what's gonna happen next." Like, like the what explosion explodes, now? and the explosions, explosions explode. Like, yeah, it's like, and it, it, you kick the Urbroke, or whatever his name is, into the fucking volcano, and he falls in the volcano, and you're like, "Finally, that the twentieth time is the charm. He's dead." And then you walk ten feet, and you get on a fucking elevator, and then he gets on an even faster elevator, and he's fucking flying at you, and you're like, "Why is his fucking platform?" so much faster and there's an explosion following him and you're like oh my god there's an explosion too and you have to fucking crawl up as he's coming at you and it's like what how you know it's like the oh god it's so stupid if you like yakuza you're gonna fucking love this game i mean if you play with a friend not don't play this by yourself just play yakuza (laughs) this is you know the better off playing solo part of the fucking beginning this is one of the rare occasions where do not do that do not play it solo all right, for my final words. This is coming from a a differently different um, starting point from y'all because I do not have crazy experience with the series. Like I had the Wii version that I never finished because I was too <laughs> dumb dumb as a kid. I then did not play a Resident Evil until five, which I only played co op. I never owned the game, 
I just played it with JP and Nave and Steven and then like we would just play Resident Evil and I loved it. I'm like, this game is awesome. We're just roasting yeah. zombies in Africa. This is great. And then like, and then I'm like, and the other thing is like, then all these lore aspects are pumped. Like I didn't know until we played this game, I, Nave, I did not know the difference between the BSAA and the stars unit. I thought they were the yeah. same thing. I had to. I was explaining to him because he was like, "These guys are this guys at the beginning, right?" And I'm like, "No, actually, the stars were like they didn't have anything to do with zombies. The BSA is about bioterrorism, but the stars was just the special tactics and and recon. Rescue. I think rescue. I don't remember, but they were there just on accident. Like, uh, and I was like just trying to go through the minutia of it, and I'm like, "Yeah, oh, all right." So to me, all these characters became gods you had chris yeah. you had wesker you had leon because then um like years later into the future i picked up four when it was on like game pass or something like that and i'm like we'll play four and i'm like whoa four is like really good like leon's like a really cool dude and then they put uh seven on game pass and i'm like whoa seven is really good this game is awesome like i love resident evil like these games are great umbrella is always evil am i right boys and then <laughs> Dave's like, yo, we got to play Resident Evil 6. And I'm like, yeah, Resident Evil 6 sounds good. Let's do that. I get in there and I'm like, this is more awesome Resident Evil stuff. All the characters are here. We got Leon. We got Chris. Ada's here. She was a character in 4 for some reason. I don't remember what she did, but she was there. And it's like, oh, and Wesker's son. Drama. Chris killed Wesker's son. <laughs> like, Drama. this is awesome. Like, so I feel like as like a baby Resident Evil fan, I love this. Like, even though... It's ridiculous. The story doesn't make sense. The characters, half the time, they are either useless, they are just jerks, or they're just cool dudes being cool or trying to be cool. This is like what you like <laughs> the action movie version of cool, like the characters from Transformers or something like that. Like they're not actually. It seems that like a parody cool. of all of those things. Yeah, like it is like a parody that is played completely straight. Yeah, like, yeah. That make that oh, that just makes it for me. So these like these parody ones like five and six, I never play through solo. Like I don't even like I probably wouldn't even think about trying to play these games solo. It's like, uh, am I ever going to play Gears of War solo? No, I've never played a Gears of War solo. I've always played a co-op. Like, am I ever going to play, I don't know, Army of Two solo? No. Why would I do that? That sounds terrible. Like, or am I going to like, I don't even like, why would you play Left 4 Dead solo? It just doesn't make sense. Like, I only play these games for the co-op. So. I can only recommend this game as a co-op playthrough. I would never recommend this as a single player, but I haven't tried it. Dude, I'm so excited so, for you to play two and yeah, eight. This, uh, uh. I recommend you guys get a co-op partner and play six though and have some good, good times. It is always, 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 always going on sale for cheap, like $4 cheap, I'm talking about. Like, 5 also goes on sale. Like, I did just talk a lot of shit about 5, but it is also a very fun co-op experience. I think they're all on sale right now until the 29th, um, at least on Sony's end. That is literally when... If it is is still on sale on the 29th, then... uh, that is the literal day that the show is going to go up. So, like, go now. Oh, okay. Run. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Run. <laughs> Quit your job. Stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> go play Resident Evil 6. Just sprint out of the office. The uh, But yeah, so I always had this weird cognitive dissonance with people that are like, I love 5. I hate 6. But I'm like, I, don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm also very dumb. So it's like the story is like the last thing I'm paying attention to in both of these games. But it's as far as gameplay goes, it's like six is just everything that five had except more 
and then there's like except it's like way more like it's like all of it like it's like everything that you could remember from action games in three six in the 60 360 gen it's like this all of that shit's there they where shoved it's like, the, like the four most popular genres of gaming in the mid aughts you know exactly like, this here's game your call might of as duty well. here's your gears of war <laughs> here's um i don't fucking know what else here oh here's your uh your like stealth spy section um all that stuff I was, it's like it, it this game might as well have just a grizzled angry white guy with a gun on the fucking cover of the game of the box <laughs> instead of the fucking giraffe getting head from a random dude <laughs> like like that's exactly it it should just look like spec ops the line it is, that's what the cover art should look like chris Redfield and his fucking big like his moist always oily biceps i don't know what the fuck's going on god all right can we end this First, Keith, I want to thank you for lasting so long with us. I did not know this was going to be an over two-hour episode. I honestly thought it was going to be an hour and a half easy. That's actually what. But apparently, that, that, that's typical there. for podcasts that I'm on. Um, so I'm actually <laughs> quite used to it. So no problem. And thanks for having me on. It's it was a lot of fun hearing uh, your guys' opinions on on the game. It's very different from what I have heard. And at least from what I experienced, it is a it's good dumb fun, honestly, just by itself. If you I, do if you're playing I will it admit on your own. So, that, sorry, I will admit that yeah. we are outliers. <laughs> like this game is pretty much unanimously hated. Like I understand that. <laughs> I, I'm okay with. I'm okay with that. I I know, and I totally. I mean, I was excited to hear how fucking excited you were. Uh, both of you guys talking about this game it's um no it was really cool and i appreciate you guys having me on you know it was a lot of fun hey do you want to shout out your show some more uh yeah sure so uh if you are listening to this podcast you can you're very clearly uh learned in the ways of using a podcast app so you can just in your little search bar whatever uh, you've got on your app you can search the main quest podcast and uh as we've discussed i've been going through the resident evil series and just discussing the story and the lore not really going into the gameplay or anything like that and i have so far covered zero through six i have finished playing seven and eight but uh, there are no episodes for that yet um otherwise the show itself again i'm just going through my catalog of games starting from my early childhood to i don't know mid-adulthood i don't know what's even mid-adulthood what does that even mean um <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but uh, so yeah it, it's mostly retro gaming it's mostly retro gaming based so uh there's that and then if you want to follow me on instagram that's the main quest and my twitter i mean i just i don't know if you just want to see me shit posting all the time you can follow me on twitter and that's underscore main quest and remember right. it's okay to like a game absolutely <laughs> it's, it's okay to like resident evil 6 you say that uh i think every friday maybe is that it yes and then yes I, at first i was like i'm gonna post on all of these it just be obviously sarcastic and dumb about it and then i got two in and i was like I don't, i'm not gonna do this anymore <laughs> you know, like, you know I, what this the... is probably gonna get annoying if i just keep finding a new way to be sarcastic about this you, you know what the the thing is about that post is that it there is a little bit of sarcasm in that 
Because <laughs> I was like, I fist fight people who like games. Like, you I should. Say, yes. I go to the uh, the complete. I go to the Resident Evil Six of the fucking in, of the spectrum of how absurd I go. You uh, should be running yeah. as Happy Friday, and remember, <laughs> it's okay to like a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, do you do you want to give like a real quick like so with Resident Evil Seven and Eight, you definitely have been talking pretty positively about seven so it's like you're you're pretty happy with the rebooted uh especially after six right you're pretty happy with the rebooted series oh spoilers it's not yeah yeah yeah, spoiler i mean it's not we do spoilers for reboot seven and eight Uh, yeah yeah technically not a reboot but um am i happy with the direction that they're going especially with the ending of eight um I'm kind of on the fence. I guess we have to see where nine goes, but like this whole kind of like uh, the new <laughs> Resident Evil, the new blood or something, or like Resident <laughs> Evil, the co- the college years. I I don't know with the whole thing with Ethan's daughter. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I think I think it might be good to get away from all of these legacy characters like Leon and Chris and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and at <clears throat> least, you know, Rose has the backstory set up for her. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm yeah. I'm hopeful for it. They gotta do the Yakuza thing and sunset these fucking guys. But and that's <laughs> yeah. it's it's pretty great because I, I'm just I was like Chris Redfield's in seven randomly and then like at the end and then he's in eight, but it's like I would at first I was like okay that's kind of dumb whatever they got to tie it in there somehow I guess but then what's his name Heisenberg called him a boulder punching asshole and I was like yeah baby let's go yes. this is the Resident Evil I love <laughs> <laughs> called him a boulder punching asshole I love it but uh, like, so how does he Resident... even know about that is <laughs> he in the Resident volcano Evil... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Resident Evil Eight is like kind of a love letter to Resident Evil Four Five and Six in a way. It's beautiful because it really, it's like seven. Everyone was hyped really about it, and I have a devil. lot of friends who played eight, and they're like, "I'm disappointed because it's so much more actiony." It, it like I was happy with seven, and I'm and it's funny because it's like, did you think we learned our lesson? And then they just fucking <laughs> do the fucking exact same thing again. at the end of eight, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> but I, but I love I love it. Obviously, I, yeah, I love I loved eight all around i think even with how actiony it becomes it's very well balanced between the horror and the action they they actually did a really mm-hmm. good job i think they pulled it off really well it's very evocative of resident evil 4 that's always what i tell people i'm like if you like 4 do jump into 8 as soon as humanly possible because it is literally just modern 4 is modern fair the resident evil edition <laughs> but um it is very fun because you got all you got the merchant the merchant even does a callback to he goes what are you buying <laughs> that's just something an old friend of mine used to say and i'm like <laughs> you know i'm just so happy <laughs> anyway all right nave what are we playing next week uh we are playing grounded yeah probably. grounded have you, you have any experience step. with grounded keith I'm shaking my survival hand. Nobody can see this is an audio podcast. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'm like, it's like this. And then I stand there and Phil just stares at me. And I'm like, I'm waving my hands. <laughs> like, I don't know what Sorry, guys. What are you going to say, Philip? It's a survival crafting game. I played a little bit of it. And it seems okay. I don't know what the co-op's like. 
yeah, I played this a little bit with my ex, and it's game. It was game preview. It is still currently game preview. I think it's a very small team of Obsid- uh, Obsidian that's making it. The guys who made, uh, you know, Fallout New Vegas. Uh, of they're making Avowed now, but like, yeah, it's like a little passion project, and it's pretty cool. But, but when I played it before, it didn't have achievements. So I played it for an hour, and I was like, oh, I can't get gamer score. What is this fucking Nintendo Switch? And I fucking left. I was like, I'm out of here. But um, yeah, I was like, I like to be rewarded for my time. Thank you very much. And uh, but I think I have achievements now. And it's a pretty cute game. Uh, it was very interesting because it's in this game. It's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, kind of, because you're you're kids that got turned tiny and you're in a backyard. And so obviously, like one of the main enemies you have are like insects. You run into ants and like bees and stuff. And there are spiders in this game who were apparently like extremely scary like even though this game is very friendly so there's an arachnophobia mode it's actually a slider so you can make the spiders less scary and the more you turn the slider down the less sharp they become and eventually they just become orbs that hover and it is like i'm like this is cute now that you've said that i yes i have heard of this game okay that it's very cute yeah that shook the shook the memory loose there that is the arachnophobia right. game. <laughs> what did you say, Philip? I think oh, we you're need to trying call to end it. Here. it. Yeah, yeah okay, I just yeah, want to end this. I can see Philip. I keep seeing Philip's eyes glance up at the time, and he's just like, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> he's going to edit this. He's like, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, thank you, guys. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, Keith. It's been fun. And thanks for joining us, co-op partners. Maybe next time we can all put on our Wesker sunglasses and ride motorcycles in the sunset together. Or come back to life literally 27 times. See ya. And we say bye. Later.